This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by ComicBookClick.com. That's it, people. ComicBookClick.com is the one stop for all things Comic Book Click, our merchandise, our articles, and every single episode of the Major Issues Podcast. Visit ComicBookClick.com and remember, you, yes, you are worthy. My name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don, and if you're listening to this, you can only be here for one reason. That's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast, brought to you by ComicBookClick.com. And as always, I'm never alone. Sir, please introduce yourself. What's up, everybody? Jonathan here, a.k.a. Yogi. Yogi is here. We just finished getting out of customs from DC Fandom. You know, the security's kind of tight, you know? They were trying to make sure we weren't trying to get away with anything uh, that we didn't come in with, which makes, <laughs> which makes some sense. Um, but how have you been, John? How's how's the world been treating you? How have you been living in this time of COVID? Well, I'm alive and I don't have COVID. So that's a great right. thing, you know. I, <laughs> that's all I can yeah. ask for, I guess. You know? <laughs> really? I, I mean, DC Fandom definitely was a, a, a real pick-me-up in this depressing time that we're in, I I uh, I came out of that thing excited for the future of DC Comics. I saw people saying that this is going to be the decade of DC Comics. This is the time. This is now. And I, I, I'm glad to see so much positive buzz around DC. Like, they've been in a rut when it comes to buzz. <laughs> you know? Yes. Yeah. And even with the buzz that we got, you know, so uh, I certainly still have an eyebrow raised. Um, one of the weirdest criticisms that I saw was people were like, well, now that, that DC's done this, I can't wait till Marvel does. And I'm like, they did that last year, though. Marvel came out last year and pulled out all of it, right? And put it right on the table. Love and Thunder, um, Blade. Yeah. Uh, we're doing. We're going to get Mutants. We're going to get Fantastic Four. Um, you they know, do it every people, year. Yeah, so it's like... Year. So that's what makes it... Uh, that's what makes the DC thing, I guess, not a bigger deal, but people are, it's different. You know, it's a different, it's a new thing. This is the underdog, the underdog story. Humankind, for whatever reason, is attracted to the loser. Yeah. You know, that's just the way it is. It's why underdog stories are so, succe- uh, so successful. Right. You want to see... The, the little guy come back up. Not that the not that fucking Warner Brothers is a little guy, <laughs> right? Uh, or or DC Comics, you know, or DC uh, Comics, you right. know. But you want to see the loser win or come back, and you want to see a competitive fight, you know, back and forth. Uh, Marvel's been doing their thing. Oh man, CC's turn on now. It's Marvel's turn. Well, that's the hope. Anyway, and I, and I think what ultimately it comes down to is the idea that DC fandom was strictly DC. So while Marvel may do like a slew of announcements that break the internet, they're still in line with all the other announcements from all the other studios, from animation to video games, anime, right? All that Comic-Con weekend. So, right. So that whole weekend, 
you can guarantee that you'll be talked about, but you'll be talked about in conversation and everything else. Whereas with Fandome, it's only DC, literally a spotlight on them. Um, and one of the other uh, things about it was that originally um, it was only supposed to be one day. It was only supposed to be this past Saturday, uh, August 22nd, um, but it got broken into two. So the next day is going to be September 12th. Um, and while fandom, the original fandom seemed like uh, a virtual convention, like that's what I was picturing when I was going through like the scheduling of it. It felt like it. it. Felt- yeah, it felt like a virtual convention. Like you had different places you could enter. Like they showed the watch verse, the U verse, the kids verse, insider verse, etc. Um, and I I assume that that is where they want to go with it. But for this, uh, for day one of fandom, if you will, we stood in one place, the Hall of Heroes, which coincidentally was the place where all the biggest announcements were going to be made. So I I, think, I don't know that fandom would have came about without like the COVID stuff, but I think that this should become an annual thing. You know, I I like, I also like the virtual aspect of it. So like, even if, uh, I guess even when COVID is eventually, uh, uh, solved, do you solve COVID? (laughs) You know, um, even when it's all over, you know, and we're back to doing conventions and stuff, I would like if we kept the, 24 hour stream aspect of it. not 24 hours you know like eight hours 10, 10 hour stream aspect of it you know just you can also have the physical convention alongside of it to, to bolster because i think fandom was a huge success and, and i think it's gonna spell disaster for the other conventions like uh <laughs> San Diego Comic-Con, who's used to being the hub for all this news and all this cool stuff in Hall H. And Disney's already pulled Marvel out of Hall H because they have D23. And now uh, AT&T, WB, they have DC Fandom. So what the heck does San Diego Comic-Con have anymore? You know, like... They're going to have... They're going to go up to the... In- the indie indie comics, uh, other uh, things like Boom and they'll try. Those are not indie, but you understand what you know. They'll uh, try. They have too. to try. Uh, but um, I don't know that they'll be able to overcome that hurdle. That's like you, you know. It's like um, it's not like Netflix, you know, where, right? Where Netflix kind of when when people started pulling things away from them, Netflix could kind of create their own stuff. It just spent enough money. But uh, I don't know. What do you? create as a convention like what new experiences can you create to differentiate yourself now that you can't rely on uh news and and breaking the internet you know right right did you like this more than this year's comic-con i know it's unfair to base it to actual physical convention what was this year's comic-con like i didn't i i swear i came out of the comic-con weekend nothing i didn't I didn't even know it happened. Almost, there's not a single bit of news that came out of there. What what, what are we like a trailer for Bill and Ted, or uh, or what? what? You know, what? I I felt like the D- DC fandom handled the scheduling better. I felt I, like I didn't know what to look for with Comic Con at home. Where was I supposed to go? What was that? How do I find things out? I was just kept checking like YouTube and Twitter. I was just like checking the news sites, you know, figuring that yeah. they'll get they'll get it when they get it. They'll they'll get it before I do or whatever. Right. Which I mean, it was a f- an epic failure, and they're gonna say it was because of like COVID or whatever. We weren't ready, but then DC Fandom comes out and shows that it's possible. Even though I mean, DC Fandom has a crutch. You know, people care. 
<laughs> people care about. Well, you know, the, the, that's the thing. I, no, that's a hundred percent what it is. It's and it's not not the, not the caring part. Uh, don't get it twisted. I think it's the fact that DC has the, all of their own content, whereas Comic Con would have to have to reach out to all those people and see what they can do, right? What stars they can send over, etc. Where DC, it's kind of in house. What do we have? What do we? What can we shoot? Who, who's around, etc. Um, I, I, I think it's more controlled in 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 this instance with the fandom. What do you think of the the virtual space um, that they inhibit? That like kind of really big. I thought that uh, as soon as I saw the Wonder Woman one, I was like, "Wow, this looks um, a lot better than I thought it was." I don't yeah. know what I expected. I guess I kind of expected it to just look like a Zoom call. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. But they really dressed it up. Yeah, I, I liked. I liked it. I really liked that. I was down. I, I was down for that. Were you Were you okay with the idea that uh, that none of this was live? Like there was a lot of QA Q and A's in general. That if you didn't. Obvious. submit your your stuff there was a lot of like obvious like that that like 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 we're gonna be asked a question by this person and it's just a a taped yeah. <laughs> response yeah. you know that was obvious but i didn't you know it got the point across things happened you know everybody was there and i guess the virtual aspect of it made even more people available for this thing people who might not normally be available for like a physical convention yeah um i they really sp- put a spotlight on all, on all things DC, even the DC fans. I really like to see the the cosplay that they showed off there. That was pretty cool. Um, and I understand that, that those things, you know, those cosplay con- uh, contests, stuff for kids, um, they, all that stuff is still coming. Like other panels for television shows on the second half of this fandom. But we're not here to talk about part one. We're here to talk about DC fandom day one, not part one. Um, and get into all the panels and all the news that they spoke about. Let's get started talking about the Wonder Woman 1984 panel. So we had director Patty Jenkins, Wonder Woman herself, Gal Gadot, Kristen Wiig, Chris Pine, and Pedro Pascal. Um, I don't know how excited you are for Wonder Woman 84. <laughs> I mean, I would be lying if I said that it was my favorite uh, trailer from DC fandom, but uh, the trailer definitely made me care a little more. I'll say that much. I wasn't digging the whole Wonder Woman 84 announcement because I was like, oh boy, it kind of reminded me of Ragnarok and everybody wants to do this Guardians of the Galaxy thing now. (laughs) Right. Um, And, you know, and I still feel that way. (laughs) You know? (laughs) It didn't. The trailer didn't actually helped me me in that in that regard but i did like um one, one of the things that did help was that i was worried cheetah would look like uh one of the people in cats and right. cheetah looks very good so i'm down i'm like okay this this that cheetah, that is fine cheetah looks good the only thing my only beef with cheetah is i really want to see her in the daytime I don't Wonder think, Woman I don't, always has these night fights, bro, and it's just like I don't think something like Cheetah looks good in the daytime. <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe. But it's just like we can't get. Are we really can't get there? Like I feel like this happens in all the DC movies, where at the end it's always at night, right? And we're always fighting like these gray monsters, like in Shazam or Ares or Doomsday. You know, I hope. I hope. There's some vibrance to her. That's the only thing. She looked a little, little pale 
Maybe she just needs a, a tan. Um, but we had v- Venus Williams and Linda Carter stop by as part of the Q and A. That was cool. Linda Carter looked extremely excited. She's like, uh, she looked very happy because her friend, yeah. someone finally came to visit. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it was. They <laughs> rang the doorbell. They rang the, the Zoom doorbell. <laughs> Who is it? Oh, it's the Wonder Woman. Um, I don't have much on the trailer notes. I may have failed this trailer. Uh, I put first look at Cheetah, which is true. We see Kristen Wiig go through. I, I'm guessing this will be a, like something that happens incrementally. Like we see her in her like mousy scientist esque. I mean, I don't even know if she's a scientist. She's wearing glasses. I'm making a big leap there. But um, we see her in her uh, glasses and her like sweater. And then she moves on to like a nightgown and then um, like a cheetah print jacket, leather jacket or something like that. <laughs> and then, and then, eventually, full on cheetah. I don't mean to laugh at the uh, at the cheetah. It's just <laughs> it was so odd. Like, okay, like I get it. Like progression, you know. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. So, I had, I had. Um, I, what I'm going to do with some of these trailers is I'm trying to pull some plot out from what I can see, which is well, it's not on you. It's on the people who put the trailer together. You know, but no, it's it's also an exercise in futility because. We know that trailers don't mean anything, and DC trailers mean even less. So I was thinking to myself initially when I saw the first trailer that this was going to be about women pit against each other by a man, a powerful man in the 80s. Um, I'm still going with that. I'm still going with Maxwell Lord, played by the talented Pedro Pascal, is doing something funny with some magic, possibly. It's, um, it's his um it's his power. It's his um telekinetic persuasion. Not tele where did he get that telepathic, telepathic persuasion. I'm sorry. I think that's a big thing people have a confusion with. I said it because I'm 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 I've smoked weed before this, but <laughs> it's, uh, telepathic is the ability to remind telekinetic is the ability to move things with your mind. Remember that people remember that, that kids. Down. Write that down. Pedro Pascal's Maxwell Lord has um so you're saying right off the bat right now he's a meta. He's meta. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Uh-huh. I, don't, I don't know if that's supposed to be like a secret in the movie. I'm right, sorry right. if I spoiled that for anyone. No, I don't think I don't think it's cuz like, it could be, you know, they always play things like that. Things that comic people know already and they fuck they hide it to the end like if it's a big reveal because normal yeah, people But, but I feel like I feel like a reveal like that honestly um is a betrayal because there's no way you would have there's no way you could have guessed, right? Yeah. If there's no if there's no hints throughout the whole film, and then all of a sudden, didn't you know? I was it, using my powers of my mind. Is that I kind of <laughs> had a feeling because I kind of had a feeling looking at the uh, looking at the actual trailer just before this, and they were like, he's like on TV, and like, is he like a politician? Or? <laughs> I think you no, know, I just think he's one of those high powered businessmen who just so happens to have a lot of politicians on his side. I feel like he's um, just going to make decisions that mess with Wonder Woman's life, and it's going to be like, "Whoa, it's because I have powers." Woo. And it's because all the all the him on all the screens. I was really honestly trying to do some um, like detective work to see if I could find any traces of Brother Eye. Yeah, like if 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 what because he's trying to introduce some sort of technology, 
right? Oh, I guess it is Brother Eye. Right, as soon as you say that, I'm just Brother Eye. I'm just saying it's Brother Eye. <laughs> like, no, but but my thing is, the only reason why I am not saying it's Brother Eye is it, it has to be something with Brother Eye underneath it because he's um selling it as if it's something that makes your like dreams come true, right? He's like all of your, and then that you show that they show that image of of uh, Wonder Woman looking at Steve Trevor and being surprised or uh, whatever. He's he's up to no was, good. So yeah. so I don't know what he's and Steve Trevor might just be to keep Wonder Woman busy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like that one's that one's like the more obvious of the twists that's gonna come in the film, right? It'd be more surprised. I'd be more surprised if the twist is that it is actually Steve Trevor. <laughs> oh, like the real Steve Trevor. Yeah, yeah like, it really is me. I'd be like, oh shit, <laughs> like whoa. But uh, it's like that. That that one's like pretty damn obvious. Like something. Like you're an illusion. You're you're something. <laughs> no, you're you're right. I kind of have him at arm's length because yeah. I don't trust him. I'm like, you died, and we all. We, I feel like a Thor, right? Uh, you died. We mourned you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so now he's back, and they don't seem to want to tell us how. And maybe that's part of the mystery, in the sense that, like, maybe Diana's wondering a lot of the time what's going on here with this. Um, what do you think about the lasso bit of all this? The red lightning. They did ride the lightning. They did the spinning around, and I hit bullets with it thing. I think it'll really be able to use the uh, the the truth aspect of it. You know, they'll be able to put some focus on that now that I, it's Maxwell Lord's power of persuasion that right. needs to be broken. You know, there you go. Uh, I hope his neck stays intact at the end of all this. Oh boy, I don't think it will. Otherwise, <laughs> well, otherwise, there's no reason to put him in this movie. Honestly, that's like the one that, and, and that's like the thing. Like, oh, here's another spoiler. Sorry, <laughs> like that's Wonder Woman and Maxwell Lord's one plot connection in the entirety of DC lore. Like, we were on the Justice League together, but the one connection that they have together is that she broke his neck. I guess, <laughs> like, bro. So they gotta go. They gotta go full Lion King with it. You it's gonna happen. Like, Cheetah, so you go cheetah, you got cheetah in it, it's already a feline. Watch me make this connection. You ready? So you have Diana go and snap uh Maxwell Lord's neck, but almost by mistake, you know, one of those kind of like, oh my god, whatever. And then Cheetah sees him like, oh my god, you killed him. You're gonna have to run away. You're gonna have to <laughs> run away and never return. And I mean never. I mean, maybe if some random uh, half Kryptonian, half human monster shows up, maybe you can think about <laughs> coming back. But don't you think about coming back here, you murderer. And then she leaves for a while. Because the whole thing was that supposed to be like she was supposed to have like abandoned man until showing up in BVS. But here's my thing, too. Like they made this movie at a time where they were like, never mind about continuity. So like yes now now it's like now it's like so the hundred year thing never happened or yeah I was gonna ask you about like with the trailers and stuff and we'll get into them as we you know continue it doesn't really feel like like I feel like we're making like three different collages you know and it's like well you you can kind of fit that there and I guess that can kind of fit there too I guess there's nothing wrong with that either um it's like. It's like how you can read mainline Batman, then go read Injustice, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then go read Three Jokers, which I heard was pretty good so uh, far. Yes, it is. Jason Fabok's art is gorgeous. Uh, he is fantastic. Anything else in Wonder Woman? Anything you want to see? 
I mean, I just want it to be good, honestly. I mean, <laughs> Did you like the first one? Are you a huge fan of the first one? I thought it was fine. You know, I, 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 I'm not, I don't like the word overrated. I will not use that word to describe the movie. A lot of people liked the film, what? and you could not see why. No, I mean, no, I saw why they liked it. I just, I, I didn't think it was like, whoa, like, wow. Everyone was like, this is the best DC film ever. Like, yeah, like, it, it blows everything else out of the water. And I was like, man, I, I liked it, but like, I, I, I like, <laughs> like, I didn't think yeah. it was. I didn't think it was all that. You know, like, I, <laughs> yeah. So that was my thing. And I think this movie's going to be the same. Like, it's going to be fine. You know, I'll, I'll like it. It won't be all that. It won't be like, wow, I need to frame posters of Gal Gadot. I mean, honestly, I could put posters. I mean, like, well, I, I don't know what's going on. But specifically because of this movie, probably not. <laughs> uh, the, um, I just. Sorry, I just got distracted because I was like, they even try to make her hot in Wreck It Ralph. <laughs> I don't think I don't think it's their fault. I think it's like you're trying to create this character and it just ends up hot. It's Gal Gadot. So Gal Gadot. I think I've figured out my issue with the trailer. I think it's a bad trailer. I was just thinking about it now. I think it's a bad trailer. I think it's a cliche trailer. Yeah, that's I think, what I, I think about it's, the 90s. I think it's exactly everything you've ever seen it from a trailer like this, like like the beginning, the voiceover, the face. Uh, I mean, I mean the, the villain, and then like, and even to the point of the stinger, the little joke at the end. Yeah, and they share with both trailers, where it's like we have to. The jokes are not even knockdown, drag out, hilarious. They're just jokes. Like they're just. I guess we can put this at the, a stinger at the end of this. They'll tell you that. They'll tell you that it's because that those are. This is an homage to '80s movie trailers, George. Wow, <laughs> I'm tired of people telling me that I don't understand yeah. the bad thing they made because well, that, that'll I, happen. That's exactly what will happen. I don't understand. Let's talk about something good that's getting made, though. Uh, let's get on to Gotham Knights, the game panel. Uh, Warner Brothers Montreal debuted the first trailer for a brand new installment of the Batman. Uh, oh no, this is not in the Batman Arkham uh, franchise. Um, Batman Gotham Knights. That's okay reaction though, because that's the same reaction everybody had in real life. Oh, it's it's because an Arkham. the trailer starts off with an explosion and then the presumed death of Bruce Wayne. Yeah, yeah exactly. Which was literally the ending of Arkham Knight. For those, <laughs> for a spoiler for a game, what ten years ago, or something like that. <laughs> Uh, um uh after you've defeated everybody seemingly um you and you complete your 100% all your missions you enact what's called the nightfall protocol and it it blows up Wayne Manor which also blows up the Batcave killing I'm assuming Bruce Wayne and Batman as a as a figure as a you know person etc um and so when this starts off with that, I'm like, oh, okay, so how's everybody else going to pick up? But then the first question that I had was, okay, what happened with Jason, though? Because Jason was very much not on Bruce's side uh, in Arkham Knight. You know, spoiler alert again. And Barbara didn't have legs. Well, she had legs, but like. She got new fancy Felicity legs. Remember when Felicity got <laughs> uh, Yeah. And they're, and they're like, we, we'll just put this SIM card inside her. And then. Bro, they never <laughs> got it again. <laughs> <laughs> she could just walk, okay? She got 5G. I think one, literally one. 
time the electricity went out on it or something. And it was in the same season, so it was still fresh in her mind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> After that, nope. What? Nope. Uh-uh. She's walking what? through uh, x-rays. No issues. Actually, George, because you mentioned it, uh, in the post-crisis world, she never broke her legs. Oh, look at that. <laughs> yeah. Look at that. That was just not totally made up on the spot in this interview. Not at all. I think I think I think all the clues are there. <laughs> I think you can put those things together. Um, so we have a Batman movie, a movie, a Batman game without Batman, Batman in it, presumably. Bro, I mean, I said it. I told I told you off air. Um, they're gonna do the Goku thing. We're gonna play the whole game. We're gonna go through all this trouble, and we're going to lose. And then Batman's gonna come back in the end. And if they don't do that, I applaud the restraint. I yeah he's out. I don't think he's dead. You're probably gonna have to save him or something, and then the, the whole family fights at the end. But I could also see it be a case where he's somehow the villain in the end, in the end of all this. Uh, um, like like, and I hate to think it's like some mind control because we're literally doing the, the that with a different game, which we'll talk about in a bit. But um, I could totally see it being like, and now you your biggest challenge yet, the man who's trained you all. Etc. Etc. Which is kind of like tiresome, but um, I'm just glad that we have our cast, which is Robin, Nightwing, Batgirl, and the Red Hood. Robin, seemingly Jace. I mean, um, Tim Drake. Yep, Tim Drake. Uh, sadly, if we were gonna be out of continuity, why didn't we use Damien? Why yeah, didn't we use could... Damien? I'm so pissed. I. Well, we... I think it's the four. I think it was the four. Are would it... you? Would you be cool with? Damien, you know, no, I wouldn't be cool with Tim being left out though. You know, like, I don't want anybody to be left out, but I guess the idea is that you can't have more than a four person co op, so that we yeah. have Damien out because he didn't come. But it's to coincide with Damien not being a Robin anymore in the actual yeah. universe and being like a villain. And I'm like, are we fucking abandoning this character right now in the lore? Like, are we trying to move forward without Damien Wayne? I'm not down, it's ridiculous because that was such a I think such an amazing wrinkle to add to the Batman mythos. That's a, dude, that was crazy. Something so, so permanent. This, that's something so permanent added in such a modern time that people grabbed onto. Like that's rare. Yeah, yeah. But um, no thing here. Maybe maybe he's here. Maybe he went to go. Maybe that's where he's at. He's 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 at the birth of of Damien. And put him in this game and let him be the evil. Or something. I don't know. That's one of the mini games is you have to pull Damien out of Talia. That's the whole DLC Son of Birth of the Demon. <laughs> That's a, there you go. See look at that. You're already coming up with content. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, they're they're trying to keep uh Gotham safe, even though Bruce is gone. Um and there's the trailer hints very heavily at the Court of Owls being in the game. But I can you remember when initial leaks like revealed that it was going to be like multiple warring factions, like the League of Assassins and stuff. Yeah, that could be cool, but I didn't see anything hinting at anybody else. No, Scott Snyder was all got a little trigger happy, and I know he tweeted out a quarter of the house thing that he had to take down. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he's like, "That's totally me." Oh, oops. Uh, <laughs> that's not even ten years old, bro. Isn't that yeah, crazy? It's it was a pretty big story, honestly. It's the I'm a hundred hundred percent, yeah. Only good one in the run. No, I'm kidding. Oh, <laughs> well, I mean, that's a Batman run where there's a lot of other people that's not that's playing Batman. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying. <laughs> there's a lot going on there. Um, uh, the 
they didn't get to show they did show a trailer they showed a trailer and gameplay um, gameplay we got to see some gameplay footage where mr freeze was the boss and most of gotham was frozen i thought that looked really cool uh, fun seems to be a lot of cool gadgets and vehicles like that are personal to each person uh i, I that yeah again that just seems to be fun uh, were these games in development with when um avengers was because this all seems like the same kind of think tank no I don't know. I mean, to- I feel like people just, it, there was just an obvious need for co-op superhero games. Like, that wasn't being filled, and both of these developers, like, grabbed onto that idea at a similar time. Because which is which is weird because the Ninja Turtles have been doing it for decades, you know. And, like, this, this is what's kind of sucks because, like, people like us, we, we're, we're, I guess, because we're outside of this bubble. We can, right. we can, uh, pick, like see things and see patterns that I guess executives don't see because they're not looking at that. They're looking at money, right? Like, and and it, and it's hard to convince people that this something will make money if there's no precedent for it, or if there's already a precedent set where the thing failed before, but it was twenty years ago. <laughs> We're gonna try it again. Let's see what happens. It's hard to convince them to try things again. Yeah. That's yeah. like you know, that's like why it took so long to get a Black Panther and Captain Marvel movie. Yeah, money's on the line. And they need sure bets, you know. Jobs um, are on the line, you know. <laughs> which is why which is uh, that's another big thing. all this DC fandom, yeah, yeah, rah rah DC, they fired a whole lot of people uh a week before all this happened. Yeah, bloodlust. I mean I can imagine there were like hundreds of people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um yeah, they they they're, they're, they're definitely necessary. putting out good projects but you know they they're hurting over there. Maybe maybe it's for the best. I can't say that I like the direction that the comics are going right now. Yeah. Um my in behind the scenes or story-wise. But um yeah, yeah that's a subject for another podcast. <laughs> Anything else you want to say about Gotham Knights? Is that what Knights? looks fun and it's confusing as hell that it's not in the Arkhamverse, but you do you wb montreal i i would uh for me to add in i would love a dlc of like let's say spoiler maybe uh get uh give me some get cassie get cassie in there and maybe even batwoman get her get, get some cross promotion in there um, get the new Batwoman yeah. in there. Just really, yeah. oh my god, right? It really, really turns him on fire. <laughs> uh, I hate she's going. She's gorgeous, by the way. Oh my god, she is a beautiful woman. I have no yeah. issues. My again, my only issue was that is like you created a character like that was dumb. There were many, yeah. many, 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 many characters you could have chose from that already existed. But you egotistical movie person, TV yeah. person, you thought you needed to create someone. You. <laughs> And as soon as that first episode drops with the new Batwoman, I think you literally start the clock to see when this character debuts in DC Comics. Uh, that's going to happen. And I don't mind. I mean, you have to do it now. You have to because, because yeah. uh, you want the show to make money. 100%. But people are not going to like that if uh, she also replaces, you know, Kate Kane. So be careful. Yeah. Yeah. She has her fans, her diehards. Uh, we had a Sandman panel. I didn't know much about what was going on here. I know they were talking about the Netflix series a little bit. It's Neil Gaiman, uh, Sandman podcast producer and star Dirk Maggs, and Michael Sheen with Yvette Nicole Brown. For a little yes, bit. they were they were really actually 
which was I, I wasn't worried about this, but it is what happened. They were kind of focused on the audiobook, which is what came out now through Audible, and it's got some heavy names on it. James McAvoy, McAvoy, oh, McAvoy, yeah, McAvoy. He's he's freaking Morpheus, and uh, wow. um, uh, Cat Dennings is Death, and like there's a lot of famous people in this thing. So there was a. Uh, it was cool to hit and peel back, but they also kind of revealed that uh, where the I think everybody, even people who haven't read Sandman, kind of know it as this groundbreaking series for being accepting and kind of dealing with all these uh, progressive issues back when they weren't being dealt with in a comic, you know, like AIDS and homosexuality and stuff like that, which was a big problem, like, which, you know, AIDS was a big thing people were scared of back then. And and, right. and, and it caused a lot of homophobia, you know? So uh, the Sandman dealt with stuff like that. But they mentioned how uh, the Netflix series is now going to be uh, set in the present. So I think that's kind of interesting. I mean, I, obviously there is a lot of problems today that they can grasp onto, but what my thing is like we've got a lot of money you're putting into this show and uh let's let's hope they stay kind of i don't want to say i don't I, you know i don't want to seem like the guy who's like everything has to be like the comics but i've noticed that when creators get involved with the retelling of one of their old stories they kind of get the itch to try to experiment with things yeah. you yeah. know like, and fix things that they would have that they might have wanted yeah. to do differently back then, you know? And it's like, uh, uh, I, I can see Neil Gaiman doing that. <laughs> the thing is, like, I feel like the 80s was a lot of that book's aesthetic. Yeah, yeah, 100%. You know? so I, I really wonder what it looks like in a new, in, in the modern day. Like, what I feel like this money left. Is money left on the table? Not setting it in the eighties. I think people love the eighties for some reason. I don't know what it is. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> people love the freaking eighties. I think. I think. I think it got to be 30, 30 years back. Yeah, at all times. I think that's how that works. Because <laughs> in the nineties, when I was growing up, they were trying to pitch me uh, Brady Bunch and Adam's Family movies, and those that's are crazy. from the freaking sixties. So it's like, <laughs> what's going on here? Uh, <laughs> Um, are you anything else you want to talk about with the Sandman panel? I was a bit out of the loop in that. They kind of failed when it came to relaunching them in comics, and rightfully so. Neil Gaiman wasn't involved, and you tried to turn it into a franchise. So I'm glad that I didn't hear anything about more of that. <laughs> so has that been a failing? Because I remember that being a big deal when they reintroduced I'm not Dream in Metal, was it? Yeah, it was a big deal that he was. I thought that it was cool that uh, it, it, it's um the second. The second Sandman was in uh, was in metal, and right. uh, I thought it would have been cool if they just left it there. You know, library burned, but we got it back. Thanks, you know, whatever. But right. um, we wanted to spin it off into eight books or whatever. Um, well, that's what happens. Yeah, that's what happens. Well, that's where you got to get some direction. Uh, and speaking of direction, let's talk about the Flash. Because we had the director, Andy Muschietti, there with Ezra Miller and screenwriter Christina Hodson. And they spoke about the Flash film. Um, Ezra Miller was just videotaped doing flashbacks. That's simply all he was there to do, really? Kind of. Random, random stuff that had nothing to do with the panel. Now, odds are, because of the content that he recorded, this could have been pre-covid this could have been pre-choking a woman out 
Who knows what what, what he was? What these flashbacks were think, from? I don't think that's canon. <laughs> oh, the, the choking out. Uh, I feel you. I feel you. I don't think that's, WB acknowledges that. Pre, that <laughs> yeah, that's that's. I think that's famously called the pre mental crisis. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so pre mental crisis. Uh, uh, Ezra was was there. Um, they showed a little bit of a new flash suit, which looks to have a lot more uh, yellow on it. And be a lot more streamlined, like B one piece, where the first one was a bit um, piecemeal. And then that's that's when I had a series of questions that I never had before, which was all these, like, I guess it, I guess because there's no Kevin Feige, right? But like everything that was made for the Justice League was made by Snyder, right? And then you have to then try to pick up from where he left off. I'm assuming, right? Pretty much. That's pretty much where they were with the where they were with things. I mean, and it's, so it's strange to see when they're bringing Snyder back to do this. That uh, what, what like what counts going forward? It, is it casting as well? Like he casted casting him. Those? Casting was one hundred percent. He casted Gal Gadot. He casted uh, Momoa. He casted. Cra- uh, but isn't that crazy? You're casting them for cameos in your film series, but they eventually do Justice League. The idea was that he would helm everything. You know, like right, he, would, right. he wouldn't direct everything, but he would be, you know, the consultant, you know, for it all. For it all. It's just that they were like, whoa, like they they immediately got cold feet. Like immediately. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Not, like I'm almost like how how different things might have been if they had just let things run its course first. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you were just talking about it money and jobs on the line money and jobs on the line that's exactly money what happened people were like this movie needs to come out now uh so 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 now we've changed history by uh <laughs> forcing the studio to do to redo a movie yeah <laughs> we'll get yep. there we'll and, get there. and this flash movie man was something that we have been talking about they had lost two directors uh prior to this um, and now there's a bunch of talk about m- multiverse. Uh, the screenwriter said that literally the cinematic multiverse for DC is going to be born from this movie. Um, so all the rumors about this movie being a reboot. Yeah. And so while, so what, this is something that kind of flew under the radar there too. Like while everyone's celebrating about the Snyder cut and everything, WB's like, Hey, I'm erasing it. They're coming up with a way to erase it. (laughs) We're going to erase it. So a hundred (laughs) percent. Yeah. Like literally, literally what's going, and I'm like, what's going to happen is the movie is going to end. With Ben Affleck's Batman being wiped from existence and replaced with Michael Keaton. <laughs> yeah. And I could totally see um, while he's in the Speed Force in his movie, he sees the Snyder Cut version of himself. Hey. That, guy like, that guy's edgy. He's really... <laughs> that guy's really going through it. Um, But, like, the idea that they have to lean on the multiverse, you know, is one thing, right? But... They they're they're making what I what I believe to be sort of kind of a classic mistake at least in the marketing of this film because they're making the the mistake Justice League Dark made they're it's making the mistakes they're making a mistake uh, BVS made a, AKA Man of Steel two 
yeah. <laughs> which is which is you want this thing to sell put batman in it <laughs> and put I mean, batman I, all over it it's messed up because it's a it's you can't really call it a mistake when you're looking at it from their point oh, of view yeah. that's, that's exactly what i mean by like we're being like we're looking at it as fans like from out the bubble like this this is kind of tiring but then when they're like well you say it's tiring but like let me show you these charts real quick. Like every time I put Batman in a thing, you people flock to it. You know, like yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So like they were like, "How about two Batman?" Oh, what the? <laughs> <fuck>? <laughs> I'm still finally trying to figure out what the hell's up with Val Kilmer because he was supposedly confirmed for Fandom, and he was like, um, "I thought that meant I was going to be in a movie." Unfortunately, it didn't. <laughs> you wanted me to talk on the women of color panel, and I, I didn't understand what I was going to bring to the table. <laughs> um, so this is going to bring the multiverse to the forefront. Thank you for the Arrowverse for doing that. Um, what else? What other Earths do you think they should explore? If we're playing this game, if you literally, if you literally have the entirety of DC's cinematic and the live action. Uh, library at your disposal. Oh. Where do you go? Well, first of all, I want the established Earth numbers to stay. You know, like you, you know, like if we're gonna go see uh, Michael Keaton's Batman, it better be on Earth eighty nine. We already established right. the multiverse. You know, first I like some continuity here. <laughs> like, okay. First okay. of all, because then once that's different, you know, once someone takes liberties with something as small as that, it's not a cohesive uh-huh. multiverse. Yeah, that's 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 what that's one thing I'm worried about right now. Where it's like, okay, this multiverse thing is all fine and cool, haha. But like, do you have a story group? Like, do you have a group of creative individuals who will keep track of the multiverse for you? That's, a, you, that's a big question. Yeah, are you about to create like a mess, like a huge mess, and then not know like what to do with it because they don't know what the fuck they don't know what a multiverse is. You know, like. If they did, they would have seen the creative opportunity here a long time ago. But yeah, <clears throat> they only saw it because something like Crisis on Infinite Earth was a success, and millions and millions of people watched it. So even before that, you remember how with the ratings on Spider-Verse. the Flash Supergirl um, episode? Yeah, the crossover, the original crossover. The yeah, Super- that crossover was big, and it was the first time Barry came out and was like, "Well, not the first time on a different show." Uh, that Barry came out and was like, oh, well, this is a, a, our Earth, but what about an Earth where the Nazis won? Um, and so uh, you really get getting that ball rolling. Um, as far as the Earth continuity, I think that's kind of weird because I don't know if they were, like, did they mention all the Earths that were still around at the end? Like, yeah. were, all, were those all of them? Yeah, no, no. If, if they the, are, idea is that, <laughs> the idea is that there's a new infinite multiverse and uh, the CW one is just the only one that got merged into one. But um, I, I they, have did a, show, they did show, like, the, they did give all these final Earths that they put in the little clip. They have designations, you know? Yes, they do. Stick to so them. So I was going to ask, so I was going to ask, what if those are the only Earths? And what if everything that comes out now has to fit in one of those? I don't, I don't know that that works. I don't know. Like, if- could... Could Stargirl take place in the world where Aquaman exists? Sure, sure. But then it becomes a problem where you want the, the fans kind of get an expectation of like seeing certain things. You know, like I, I, if, if that takes place in the world where Aquaman's at, then I want to see Jason, Jason Momoa on Stargirl. You know, yeah. so yeah, 
you have to be careful to like you want to you want to tease things that are possible. Because <laughs> then you end up like Titans, where everyone's name dropping, but you never see nobody. You never see anybody. <laughs> you, you, you don't want stuff right. like that. I really like Star Girl for being able to just have who they have. You know, like they're gonna have a Green Lantern, they're gonna have a Flash, and they've shown them, and like whatever. You know, like so. I don't want them to have to be like, yeah, sure, Aquaman's Trident. Is <laughs> like that's what the episode's about today. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Do you but, think uh, Flash, this Flash film is is gonna be primarily Flashpoint inspired? Yeah, they pretty much confirmed that. I mean, they pretty much said it. You know, like I mean, they've used they used the word flashpoint a few times in that presentation. <laughs> like yeah. um, the 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 Christina uh, Hudson lady, I was a little salty towards her because I was like, that should be Grant Morrison right now, but right, hundred percent. She was sitting there talking about how oh, Barry has the opportunity to uh, save his mom. So, <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. Listen, for me, I know a lot of people love Flashpoint. Oh my god, I love Flashpoint because I saw the animated movie. <laughs> I, I, it's funny because I would, I would assume that um, Morrison would totally be the one to be like, uh, the Speed Force is his mother. And yeah, when you, you see know, what he goes through, <laughs> he, sees, he sees the speed force. I know, uh, I know for a fact that whatever he presented was like out of this fucking world, and WB was like, "What the fuck? Like, keep this." <laughs> so the only reason why, like, I, I, I obviously am in the minority because again, none of my money, none of my skin is in this, and I kind of just want content made for me. <laughs> so, but like, I used to think of things and be like, "Wow, that's that's too out of control." But, like, look at Doom Patrol. Like, they do the most ridiculous things with a straight face. They just do it on the chin. Um, and it works. I don't know if the movies will ever get to that point of complete madness. It took them this Completely long right. to acknowledge a multiverse. I loved I loved the Teen Titans go to the movies just because it was like, wow, they can finally be silly. Like, they have enough confidence to be silly. They they understand their history enough to crack jokes. I always feel like they're they're trying too hard to be important when they are important. You everyone knows who you are. You know what I'm saying? Like relax, relax. Um, we go from talking about how everyone knows who the Flash is, everyone knows who Michael Keaton is, obviously, and then everyone knows Ben Affleck will be returning for that Flash movie as well. Um, so that's good. If people wanted the, the Batfleck, but. From A-listers to Z-listers, let's talk about this Suicide Squad panel. Oh man, that was uh, that was interesting because uh, the the only thing this movie has going for it before fandom fandom is the fact that James Gunn is directing and the cast is uh, expansive. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of names. So James like- Gunn is directing a ragtag group of A-listers. Um, uh, in a in a sort of kind of funny team up film, seven. That's a that's a safe bet. Apparently, that's a safe bet. To be honest, and he did it all. Wasn't he doing all this when he got in trouble? Yeah, this was him, <laughs> and I, I feel like he was doing this like a spit in the face, like to Disney, like okay, right? You're gonna fire me for something that stupid? I'm going to go to DC. I'm gonna make the greatest superhero film I've ever freaking made. <laughs> it's gonna be whatever I want it to be because they're gonna let me do whatever I want, and you what, people are gonna hate me for it. And then they hired what, him back, right? Wouldn't it be crazy if like inside the Suicide Squad there's a bunch of like at Marvel, 
<laughs> yeah, like a bunch of things at Marvel. And then they call him back. They're like, hey, James, we were thinking about it. We want you to do Guardians 3. <laughs> we are. <laughs> I don't think we're going to do uh, Guardians 3 anymore. <laughs> yeah, you know? Hilarious. Um, James Gunn said it's, this is the biggest film he's ever worked on. I think he said something about the explosions on this or more explosions than he's had in all his Marvel films. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. He didn't mention the word Marvel, but he 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 meant that. Yes, yes. Uh, um, uh, he also said he read the OG Suicide Squad run for inspiration, the one by Josh Ostrander. I was like, haha, name drops for uh, impress for to impress the nerds. Don't be. That's trying it. To- Literally, when when someone asked, I was like, okay, like there's little, there's really kind of only one answer, right? No one's gonna yep. be like, oh, I totally got the freaking New Fifty Two run. Like that was my. Jam, you know, <laughs> like Black Manta, Reverse Flash. That's my no, no, no one was talking about that. So, um, I'm glad that he put a little bit of the bonus fee days up. I don't expect you know why because I don't expect them to have Red Guardians. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's like, it's like I didn't need him to read Guardians for Guardians to be good. Yeah. So I don't necessarily you know need him to read this. Yeah, I'm like, a, like I, I mean. I, I like to think that they have they when they they when they were offered the thing they would have at least decided let me do some research but you know director types are not that way no they're not, no, they're not. um so a lot of the remember there was a lot of confusion in the beginning about whether or not this is going to be a reboot or what um apparently it is a sequel okay. it is Yes, so the first movie totally happened. Um, and even though the first cast was kind of tight, um, and but you knew all the names, like Will Smith was above and beyond the biggest star in that film. This one has a lot of C and even D list characters. But to be honest, I think that's kind of what the Suicide Squad is about. Like having expendable that's exactly characters. That's exactly what it's about, and if it, you want, you want to be able to kill the characters like you like you said that you would, you know. Yeah, you don't want to have yeah. bomb in Superman's neck. It can't be a Chekhov's bomb in the neck. No. <laughs> you know the classic, the classic saying, Chekhov's bomb in the neck. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, we got a bunch of heavy hitters here, but like I said, what fundamentally fundamentally makes these group different than any other team is that they are expendable and they working for amanda water viola davis is returning i'm excited about that she was very good yeah she was I thought. um although are they like fat shaming amanda water like what's going on here my amanda waters have always been wally I, I think she just lost weight i mean viola, lost weight, viola, viola davis get it and viola davis i feel like she just Lost weight. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, yeah. Good good for you, girl. <laughs> no, I mean, do you but do you remember the arrow, Amanda? Oh Waller? no, that happened. There was a there were many <laughs> there were a few years where there Amanda Waller was no longer a fat woman and and, uh, and she was like this new sexy lady. And then <laughs> and then the towards the end there they started drawing her like eating. Right. <laughs> like uh, getting, getting bigger. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck is this? this Just gonna let you guys slide with that? (laughs) So so she's back. Uh, The government official who organized Task Force X and assigns the team's missions. We got Margot Robbie returning as Harley 
Harleen Quinzel, a.k.a. Harley Quinn, a criminal and former psychiatrist who works as part of the Birds of Prey and was also a member of the original Suicide Squad. Um, her look is very reminiscent to the Injustice 2 attire. Uh, we had spoken about um, how comic artists have been trying to find this medium ground for the cinematic Harley Quinn and like uh, a three-way between the cinematic Harley Quinn, the uh, OG outfit, and then something more modern. And I do think that that injustice, that like leather coat with the corset uh, and the goggles thing, I think I think that works for her. What do you? How do you feel about like, that? I thought that the outfit that they have in the Suicide Squad might be like the one. Maybe we should stick with this one. But then it's yeah. become her gimmick where it's like let's uh, let's change outfits all the time. So like, who knows? Yeah. You know, I I I certainly don't expect she'll die in this movie because uh, well. No, no, she won't die. I, 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 <laughs> it's not. It's not completely right. Like, like you know, it's because multiverse. I was, <laughs> the, movie, the movie freaking Birds of Prey didn't do as well as they thought it would. But um, you know, this movie was made. It's still being made, I guess. Hmm. Is this is this movie gonna be similar to how um, Justice League and Wonder Woman were, where they were filming at the same time, so there's no real connective tissue? Because um, I. Like if if she just jumps from Birds of Prey to this, with like no, like I have a feeling they're gonna find her somewhere. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Boomerang was in the Birds of Prey, right? No, was he? Cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like he's out and about. But I feel like, I feel like we're we just saw her last adventure, and she's with this little Asian girl. Another uh, right? no reference and, to the little child, and the, and and now they'll just we'll just find her. Like somewhere, and then uh, well, we got another mission or something, or she gets arrested yeah. for something. I guess that's how it works, right? They get arrested first. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think that she just works for Amanda Waller because of uh, the previous uh, connection. <laughs> like, yeah. Maybe they do you, come. Do you think we'll get any ties to Birds of Prey? I think I, I don't I don't I don't think they'll be heavy because, like you said, these movies were. But no, you know what? Suicide Squad was being made after Birds of Prey, though, right? Birds of Prey I want to say so. Birds of Prey came out and Suicide Squad was kind of like just starting production. Right? But so I feel we, like Suicide Squad, we knew about all that stuff with James Gunn last year. Yeah, yeah, true, true. I um, feel like that if whatever connection there will be, it'll be it'll be minimal. It won't be big. Okay. The sandwich. The, the other big mystery, right, was this Idris Alba character. Idris Alba and John Cena. We, oh, we find out that he just Alba is Robert Dubois, aka Bloodsport, a convicted felon serving time in prison for shooting Superman with a bullet made of kryptonite, like in the comics. Alba was originally cast as Floyd Lawton, Flash Deadshot, replacing Will Smith from the first film, but Warner Brothers and director James Gunn eventually decided to have him play a new character instead, allowing Smith the opportunity to return in a future film. Cooler heads prevailed. Can you see Smith returning? Do you like the no. fact that there's this back door open? I like Will Smith's dead shot. I don't like Will Smith's dead shot enough to give him a movie. That's what Will Smith wanted. Will Smith cannot have that. If Will Smith is willing to come back as dead shot and not whine for his own dead shot movie, we can talk. <laughs> you know, until then, okay. until then, he can. Uh, he can go deal with his uh, entanglements or whatever the fuck. 
you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. He's got bigger fish to fry. <laughs> Speaking like- of entanglements, Ooh, one of the things that was in Suicide Squad, the first one, and one of the things that was vaguely in Birds of Prey, and one of the things that supposedly might be coming to the Batman franchise, we gotta talk about him is the Joker. Yes. Do we not speak about the Joker at all in this? Do, could you see Jared Leto's Joker We're returning at all in any? In any? Is he dead? Can we say not. he's dead? Is Jared Leto Joker he's dead? He's gone. He's gone forever. You know, like I think he felt scorned by Warner Brothers because they didn't put a, they didn't give his Joker. You know, they cut out all that stuff and people hated it, yeah. but they never saw like any of it. So. He was mad, and Warner Brothers, you know, sees it as a failure. Everybody kind of hates it already, and it's kind of like a meme at this point. If you bring it back, it'll just be for laughs. You can't bring something like that back and expect it to be successful now. Yeah. What was crazy was that um, I remember when they casted Jared Leto that I said, I, we even did a whole video on it. I said that, you know, casting a Joker especially a, a like not a multiverse joker but a multi, multiple film joker is a huge step in the DC universe because he is the linchpin of so many stories and he has history with so many characters that once you decide who that man is going to be it's a very important role so the idea that they would cast a oscar winning actor to come in, play the role, not give him his fair shake at it, and then seemingly replace him with another Oscar-winning actor, um, it feels crazy to me, a little bit. I mean, let's remember these people were collectively desperate, <laughs> like at yeah. a point to catch up with like Marvel. You know, it's like let's try to get the heaviest of heavy hitters out immediately. Let's put every member of the Justice League in the second freaking movie. In the in the the movie where we introduce Batman. In the movie where we're going to introduce Batman (laughs) and Wonder Woman and Aquaman and Flash and and Luther and everybody and and Doomsday. Doomsday. Yeah. 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 So they. So there was a. There was a collectively. Let, let, let's do these things, and then the course correction was happening almost like immediately. Like things were not giving. They were nothing was breathing. I'm like, oh, this didn't work. Let's change it. Uh, that's yeah. not working. Let's change this. And it's like, no, none of that's working. So hopefully, there's been enough time and mistakes and lessons learned. I don't there know definitely that, was that, a lot of knee-jerk reactions uh, with the studio. Oh, God, of course there was. God, immediately, from the very beginning, as soon as Nolan's trilogy ended, they were like, oh, <laughs> they, love, they love the darkness. They love the darkness. They love it. Uh, can you do it again? More darkness. <laughs> He's like, no. No, no I'm, I'm all superheroed out, but I got a friend if you really like uh, that dark can stuff. You, can, you at least, can you at least watch him do it then if you're not going to do it? <laughs> Yeah, I guess. I'll be on my phone, but I guess. <laughs> He's I guess. like, how do you like that? No, and he just gives a thumbs yeah. up. It's great. Huh? Do, you, do you have it's Christ tough. imagery in there? Did you stick something <laughs> about Jesus? He's Jesus. <laughs> do not it. forget. He is Jesus. Oh, man. Um, someone with the power of invisibility has joined the cast. John Cena. John is- Cena. 
he's playing Christopher Smith, aka Peacemaker. He got. Okay. I thought it was interesting that um, all the cast members he got to be the final one who got the reveal. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. really? I mean, okay. I I was actually surprised that they're using the character. I was like, Peacemaker. Oh. Yeah, the straight up Judge Dread ripoff. Right. A man who's who's willing to do absolutely anything to bring the peace, even murder people. That's his. That's his. That's his. That's his jam. I need peace here, or I will kill every single last one of you until there is peace on earth. Uh, rumor is it. Rumor has it that he's he's like the archetype is like. An asshole Captain America, which just makes me think of Homelander from The Boys, which makes me remind myself that you have to watch The Boys. I do. I do. To get on, to get on The Boys. Uh, your boy, Rick Flagg's back. Yes, Joe he Kinnaman. is. No Katana, though. No Katana. Um, and, and even more um, inconspicuous, no Enchantress. No Enchantress. All of that movie was for Enchantress. Your boo. And it didn't work out, bro. This is why you gotta leave them witches alone. <laughs> Bros before enchanted, enchanted hoes. It's, yes, bro before enchanted hoes. Um, speaking of returning, Jai Courtney has come back as George Digger Harkness, uh, Captain Boomerang. I would. Un- be- <laughs> oh no, I was gonna say. I feel like uh, that was a real. This was like one of those. These are these are who we had available. Like this is who wanted to come back. Yes, <laughs> that's, yeah, how that's how it feels. <laughs> yeah, Jai Jai Courtney seemed to have fun in that first film. Yeah, he definitely enjoyed it. I mean, what else is he doing? He's another one. Uh, there's one person on here that I feel like is making like a freaking uh, there's a renaissance for him. But Boomerang's another one that seems to be gaining a lot of traction across. All media. Recently. I would like to see more of Boomerang Jr. He's the more interesting character. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember Boomerang Jr. He's a freaking speedster. I remember Black Knight, man. He's a speedster. Awesome. Like, like that's wait. So then, is that not what they're doing with Suicide Squad? Yeah, yeah. They got the speedster uh, Boomerang Jr. They got him in there. Yeah. I thought that was great. Which is which is great because nobody wants to play with regular Captain Boomerang. Like, right, <laughs> like, right, right. He's Boomerangs. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's back. He's an unhinged criminal who wields weaponized boomerangs and was a part of the OG Suicide Squad. Um, coming from the Arrowverse, seemingly, is Clifford DeVoe, a.k.a. The Thinker, played by Peter Capaldi. Wild. Um, I was like, what? Both for like Capaldi and The Thinker. Um, fall, the, the character was created in the fall of 1943, and he has technology-derived telekinesis which, as you guys can remember, is the ability to move things with his mind. Yes, sir. And mind, and mind control right via his self-created thinking cap. <laughs> He's uh, going to die. Yeah. They're all going to die, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot that's going to die. Pete Davison in the film as Richard Hertz, uh, Blackguard. Um, so there's not much on Blackguard. Turns out he works for the criminal organization called the 1000, which is an offshoot of the 100, Black <laughs> Lightning fame. Um, he has energy manipulation and use of gadgets. But the most important thing I think about Blackguard is his name is Richard Hertz, which means his name is Dick Hertz. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, you know that's going to be exact something with the plot that's going to be important. 
Write that down right next to the whole telekinesis uh, thing that we told you from before. I'm telling you, this is going to be a newsworthy episode. Um, I think the person that's going to be a fan favorite, David Desmalchin as Abner Krill, a.k.a. Polka Dot Man, a uh, character created in February 1962, and he can turn polka dots, the polka dots covering his costume into a variety of devices like a buzzsaw, a hole dot that lets him teleport, and fist dots that he can knock you out with. I really think he's going to be a big deal in this film. I feel like I saw a, a Marvel character with the same exact powers recently. You, you're talking about Spot, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Spot from the animated series. He needs to punch people through the through the, the dots. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. That's really really good stuff. Um, oh, that's what, what we're gonna be doing. In two what do you think about what do you think about Polka Dot Man joining the group? Again, I think that for the kind of movie that this looks like it's gonna be, they chose all the perfect B list, D Z list characters. You know, like I don't, I didn't even know Mon- Mongol had a sister. Like, <laughs> like yeah. Crazy. Oh, I, I'll get into that. It's 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 even. It's not even as clear cut as that. That's that's how shitty this is. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Michael Rooker as Brian Derlin Savant, uh, a character created in August of two thousand and three. I wrote down some of these um, debuts because I wanted to see if I didn't know them because they were old or I didn't know them because they sucked. <laughs> so mixture um, of both. It's sometimes it's a mixture of both. Savant is a is a birds of prey villain. That's why I don't know who, who he is. Check this out. He has genius level intellect, uh, multilingualism. He, which I don't think, is the same thing as being multilingual. Maybe <laughs> multilingualism. Lism. Uh, <laughs> he's, a, he's, a, <laughs> he's a master of martial arts, but it's. People think that he might be getting his genius level intellect because of a chemical imbalance in his body. Okay. And due to and due to that chemical imbalance, he exhibits nonlinear memory and is quite forgetful. Ah, uh, that's interesting. That sounds fun. right. This is but, but I'm like, so you're a genius who has bad memory. Like that's fucking shoot <laughs> me now. <laughs> it's monkey um, ball situation, that's for sure. One of the most, one of the characters that's shrouded in the most mystery is Nathan Fillion as Floyd TDK Belkin, who people are thinking is Arm Fall Off Boy. Where do you fall on that rumor? Do you I, think that that's who he's playing? <laughs> I don't know. Like, where does this come from? Like, where does a rumor like this start? Like, it's must Arm be. Fall Off Boy? Yeah, like was it the is it the costume? Does the costume? You know what's funny? For year, not for years. Sorry, for months, I heard people say Rat Catcher, Arm Fall Off Boy, Polka Dot Man. I didn't even know there was a thing going on. Like, <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. I I heard that like, oh, we don't know who these per- people were playing, but we know that they're in it. I, I don't didn't know, who know that. Playing. That was like a fun thing guessing because everybody's gonna be Z list and people pretty much guess the John Cena one spot on, but. The the others were a bit more of a mystery, but like <laughs> it's such. Our a, up boy is not even in the Suicide Squad, to my knowledge. No, it's it's, a, it's such like a strange rumor to discuss because I got no way to be like, oh yeah, that's that's definitely gonna be arm fall off, boy. You know, like well, just see, well, just see how his arms fall off, George. <laughs> what well, the, the 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 thing is, there is no hero to my knowledge in DC called TDK. But what points to? It being arm fall off boy. 
So people are saying that the helmet that he wears looks similar. Initially, before before looking at the image of him in costume, people thought that that's who he was playing. I guess because I guess because he has a comedic a comedic background. I can see that. It all kind of reminds me of that uh, Scribble Knots DC game where you can type any DC <laughs> character and they'll all pop up. You know, even like right. Snowflake. Yes. <laughs> so I feel like that would have been a great. Yeah, that would have been a great missed opportunity. But... Like, how have we not in in a situation like this? Yeah. Oh man, yeah. that a movie Snowflame. That's a missed opportunity entirely. Yeah, I I'm literally grinning from ear to ear because you're a hundred percent right. He is he would fit this a film like this a hundred percent. Is this and all he's trying to do is take cocaine, and he's just telling he's just telling people <laughs> it. No, it's for it's for my power. I need to I need to recharge. That guy's got a problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my God! I, don't I mean, like it's a missed up, but maybe they just didn't know. Like, I'm gonna ask James Gunn on Twitter, like, why not Snowflame? And he's gonna be like, yeah. WB told me no. I know. It. I don't think he's using Twitter that much anymore. I think he's learned. Oh, his yeah. lesson. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's learned his lesson. He's moving uh, in his Instagram comments. He's back on MySpace. He's doing it. <laughs> he's going where nobody else goes now. Um, so any, okay. So then if it's not on follow up, boy, you want to throw a random yeah. out of the box guess for TDK? I, I can't, I'll go with arm fall off, but because I don't, I, I can't, I, I don't have like they're they've dug so deep into the well. Like I don't even reach. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I can't, I could never know. They're going to pull this out of left field and it probably will be arm fall off because it's such a stupid thing. <laughs> and I think James Gunn would get that comedy, like just like, yeah. well, this is this is what I do. Hey, it's all types of comedy. So I looked it up, and it said Arm Fall Off Boy has the ability to detach his limbs, which I knew. But then it says and use them as melee weapons. <laughs> just swing them around like bats. Are aren't fists <laughs> melee weapons? <laughs> yeah, but you know how much more, more, more momentum you can get by slapping somebody with the top of your arm? But you, but you'd be unbalanced. You'd be, your, whole, your whole side would be unbalanced. Yeah, but if you pull off both arms, like how do you use them as melee weapons? Ridiculous. You can't throw it. You can throw it and go back and go get it? Like, what is that? If you pull off one arm, how do you pull off the other? Oh, my God. You ever seen that happen in Futurama? Bender picks up one of his arms, yeah. attaches it, and then the other one attaches the other one. But he's like, how the hell did you do that? Uh, I don't know. Uh, hilarious stuff. We have Daniela Melquire. I hope I'm saying that right. Melquire. Right. As, uh, <laughs> as Rat Catcher 2. The car- uh, the original Ratcatcher debuted in April 1988, and the original Ratcatcher is a man named Otis Flanagan, um, a supervillain primarily an enemy of Batman's. He was once an actual Ratcatcher in Gotham City, and he sank into a life of crime, and he called himself the Ratcatcher because of his ability to communicate and train rats. Uh, so that's a thing. He'd be able to uh, take over New York City. Yes. Um, he has been able to take over Gotham on more than one occasion by least un- unleashing hordes of these diseased vermin. And Miss Melquire will be uh, will play the second rat catcher. But we don't know if Otis will make an appearance. We have a legacy character here, Rat Catcher <laughs> 2. Uh but we don't know. We and we're being told that that character 
is the one that's most sure of herself, whatever that means. Like she knows she's D-list or whatever. She's going to die first. Holy hell. But this is a man I feel like is having a renaissance. And you you tell me if I'm wrong. King Shark. Oh, boy. King, King Shark. Shark. King freaking Shark. So I... I, I <laughs> they... um. It looks like this version of King Shark is going to be kind of similar to the Ron Flinch's Holly Quinn one. And I think that's like a coincidence because... Yeah. There's no way, like, the production is, like, too uh, Tight. You know, yeah. close to each other. But uh, just when people I, – I, I can see, like, when you look at King Shark, like, the obvious – almost obvious route to go was, like, very nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> so, yeah. um, Steve Aggie, Aggie is playing, yes. like, the physical King Shark, like, in the mocap. Or whatever. Yep. He's not the voiceover. So I'm not the voiceover. thinking it's almost like obvious, like the who it's gonna be Taika Waititi. I like that. Is that too close to Korg? I mean, so is freaking that. Like it, it, it would be like any character he can ever voice ever, ever again would be yeah. too close to Korg. So like that can't right, be an issue. that can't be an issue. All he has, he's gonna have to just play it differently. But like as it like a nice guy shark. <laughs> like, I can yeah. I can think of no one better. He <laughs> to, but, but he has to eat someone. He's got to eat. Get, get this R rating. <laughs> but I love the the, uh, the smile. Yes, <laughs> like yes, I love yes. I love King Shark. Yeah. <laughs> I love him now, and 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 I never cared about him before. Like he was cool to see him on the Flash because it was like a big show off thing with the CGI for them. But yeah. but um this cool uh nice guy version of King Shark that we're getting in, in, in uh media now, it's great. And then we had the hilarious King Shark from Apocalypse War. Apocalypse kept King, King Shark King Shark is the shark. shark. <laughs> Fish friend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then at one moment um like he says uh, King Shark is a shark and the Captain Boomerang goes Captain Boomerang is a boomerang and then King Shark goes, it's, it was an honor to fight <laughs> so valiantly by your side. <laughs> and Captain Boomerang goes, what the hell? <laughs> like, you could talk this whole time. Uh, hilarious. Um, so I wrote down the description of this next man because I had no idea who this was. But Sean Gunn, uh, brother of James, is playing John Monroe, a.k.a. Weasel, uh, who was created in August of 1985. <laughs> so. I've never read anything with a weasel in it, but okay, uh, so I'm, allow I'm, me. I'm glad to find to, to see that they got Sean Gunn in another James Gunn movie. I'd love to see that brotherly love there. Get that allow movie. me, allow me to tell you a story of 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 the old weasel. Then, so John Monroe was a lonely student at Stanford University in late 1960s. His contemporaries rarely noticed him, and if they did, they referred to him in derogatory terms, using words like weasel to describe him. This made him bitter, driving him to become a murderer decades later. The grown Jack Monroe became a teacher at Vandermeer University in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. A number of his fellow students from Stanford University held prominent positions. To rationalize killing three of them, he considered them threats to his tenure at Vandermeer. Taking on the costume identity of a weasel, displaying great agility, expertise, a hand-to-hand combat, and a costume with sharp claws, he stalked the campus grounds and brutally murdered uh, three people. When Martin Stein, 
one half of Firestorm, shows up for a job opening as a physics professor at the same school, Monroe makes two attempts on Stein's life. In the second attempt, he would have killed Stein had he not provoked the transformation of Stein into Firestorm. After a fight, Firestorm unmasked Weasel and sent him to jail. Then Weasel uh, is recruited into the Suicide Squad for an ill-fated mission to rescue Hawk. During the mission, he tries to kill the Thinker by cutting the Thinker's throat with his claws. Rick Flagg instead takes the Thinker's helmet and uses it to regain control over the mission. When he saw the Weasel, the Thinker's helmet told Flagg to kill him, and Weasel's death was not mourned. <laughs> so I thought all of that was important to say. <laughs> that he's just some weird, crazily good martial artist with sharp claws. And uh, he gets killed in the comics. So I think he's he's up to get killed here. Oh. One of many. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Nah. We got Fl- we got Flugaborg as the Javelin, February 1984. Javelin is a former German Olympic athlete who turned to a life of crime using his uncanny abilities with a Javelin-based weapons arsenal. Uh, that's That's about it. Um, I don't even think he has a, a real name, like a first and last name. Um, well, the Javelin. Uh, so, Mailing Ing N G. I'm terrible at these last names. I apologize, everyone. Uh, but she will be bringing Mongol to life, and Mongol, Mongal, who was created in July 2001 is not the daughter of Mongol, but is the daughter of Mongol to the son of Mongol, effectively making her the niece of Mongol, if that makes any sense. Wouldn't that make her Mongol's granddaughter? No, because she's the the sister of the son. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. I thought... uh... I thought she was the daughter of Mongol too. So, um, no, she's the daughter. Uh, no, yeah, she's the if she's the daughter of Mong. No, she's the sorry, she's the, she's the sister of Mongol too. <laughs> okay, yes. I was like, wait, Mongol too. Yes, uh, she possesses superhuman strength and stamina. And that's about it. Um, and then we have a bunch of human uh, characters, regular human characters. Uh, Alice Braga plays Sol Soraya, um, a South American rebel. We have Joaquin Cosio as Mayor General Mateo Suarez, Juan Diego Boto as President de General Luna, Storm Reed as Tyler Dubois, Bloodsport's daughter, Tanache Kajisi as Flo Crawley, Amanda Waller's cousin, and um, Jennifer Holland as, uh, sorry, Amelia Harcourt, a Russian American NSA agent. Working alongside Amanda Waller. Um, so I have, like I was saying before, um, come up with a sort of kind of maybe possible plot. It's very fun. It's very super. It's super thin because I don't have enough. But I think that Amanda Waller and Task Force X are being hired to help overthrow a government in South America. That sounds that sounds that sounds like a, as good a guess as any because uh they did mention the uh seventies war film thing. 
Yeah. And there's going to be a lot of uh, fighting in the forest because you want to emulate Vietnam, but South America would be a perfect place to do that. Yep. And um, we already have people, you know, who are casted as generals and presidents. Um, We have uh, Sol Saria, who's um, a South American rebel, and she's supposed to be alongside Task Force X. So, um, and, and that's totally the kind of thing that we would do as uh you know american military organization but we can't have our hands on it you know so the idea is that they they can help overthrow this government but it can't get tasked or um you know brought back to them and maybe there's a person of interest who knows usually that there is with something like this a person or a device of interest but we shall see but now it's time to play a little game Dun, 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 dun. Because James Gunn says most of the members will die in this film. Uh, I think that's it's probably gonna be over half, but let's put let's put it at fifty percent. Which eight? I think you might have the list in front of you. Which eight can you see definitely biting the bullet in this? Okay, uh, Weasel's dead. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's the first one, right? Um, yeah. Catcher two, uh, dead. Dead. All right. King Shark dead because that's gonna be the emotional. Uh, that's gonna oh be, no! That's gonna be the one that hurts. That's gonna be the one that hurts. It hurt me now. I haven't even seen it. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna put um, <clears throat> Mongal's dead. Okay. Uh, Javelin's dead. Um, <laughs> I did hear that Starro might be in this movie that'd be so great so like <laughs> i want to see some of that and if he is then we might have more than eight people that i honestly think every every d and z list villain is gonna die and then one person from the last suicide squad will die. i think that i think john Cena is not long for this world no john cena's character is dead john cena is not gonna have many lines okay <laughs> yeah, Johnson is gonna be the shock factor because he's high profile. Um, but they he'll die. Um, I think Thinker's gonna die probably because he doesn't really do anything but but that thing thinking thing. I can see him doing something like like trying to fucking do like a side mission, like like to Just, like get out of Amanda Waller or something, you know, like insubordination. I, I, <laughs> I don't know if he's going to be the one who turns unless uh, I, I'm not, I, I, know, I know someone's going to get their head blown off immediately and make a, get a point made out of him. But I, you can see he had at least one fight scene. They remember, of- they, remember they played for like half a second with that theory of that um, of turning in the first Suicide Squad movie? For like half a second, they were like, you know, maybe we should just turn around and whatever, whatever. whatever. And then they never. They just like, didn't. Thought about it past that. They just didn't. They were like, nah, I don't want to lose my head. Yeah, you saw, <laughs> they saw a, a Slipknot. It's pretty much what it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Never mind. <laughs> we, uh, jumping off of the Suicide Squad thing for a bit, we got a announcement that John Ridley and Nick Darrington will launch a four-part Batman miniseries in January of 2021. And Ridley said there's a 47% chance that his Batman will be a person of color. That man got robbed of a Batman series, so they gave him this. This is the man, uh, the screenwriter of 12 Years a Slave? Uh, the writer of the book, but also the screenwriter. 
Yeah. 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 So, and again, like, you don't get that person to write. I mean, not that he's pigeonholed, but I don't think you get him unless you're trying to write a black Batman story. Yeah, that's pretty much what the idea was always supposed to be when they signed him. You know, they well, 5G, right? 5G, 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 5G was a thing, and then we're going to replace a bunch of heroes, but then the end of the deal got fired, but you still got this guy on contract. So, what do you do? You let him write a smaller version of the story he was going to write anyway. Uh, he's also got the other history of the DC Universe coming out, which is kind of like a, which is not exactly a comic, it's more of a prose <clears throat> novel thing with pictures in it. So okay. uh, he's got stuff coming. I'm I'm looking forward to see uh the 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 Black Batman. I think it's gonna be Luke Fox, if only because that's the name that we've been hearing for the last year. Right. So, right. <laughs> but um, it, it also because it makes sense. They seem to value him, though. You know, they seem oh. to do to see him as a prestige, um, collaborator. Really. Really is a, is yeah. a huge name. I mean, yeah. 12 Years a Slave, Oscar winning for, uh, what did he win the Oscar for? Uh, best Adaptation. Yes. No? And, and which he's the dude who wrote the book and the screenwriter. So, like, Adaptation has everything to do with him. They're trying to get that Oscar. <laughs> yeah. And, and <laughs> we've, been Oscar seeing, we've been seeing how, how well representation has been playing, you know, with uh, telling different stories from different points of view that the DC may not normally tell. And that's an easy segue to get into our surprise DC Comics panel, which was the resurrection, the resurrection of sorts of Milestone Comics. Um, Mark Bernardin uh, of Fat Man on or Fat Man Beyond fame, and DC publisher uh, Jim Lee were joined by Milestone principals Reggie Hudlin, Dennis Cowan, along with Phil Lamar, the iconic voice of the Static Shock animated series. Uh, it, ter- it turns out that Milestone is returning to publishing their new yes. wave of content. Oh my God! Yes, it's good news. Uh, their new news. their new wave of content will be led by an all new Static Shock digital comic series scheduled for February of 2021, followed by an original Static Shock uh, graphic novel, and the return of Milestone heroes Icon and Rocket with art by Cowan. We also heard a rumor that there might be a Static Shock uh, animated film in. in... I uh, I feel like he said like he he meant like straight up um, film. live action. He meant live action. They said they wanted to do an animated milestone film. <clears throat> so they. I think he- I I think they saw Spider Verse and were like, okay. <laughs> Let's go. No, well, I'm honestly, it was a. They were really excited. They were announcing things. I think somebody let their mouth slip, and they talked about a movie that wasn't supposed to be spoken about. Because uh, right. as they were wrapping up the panel, Jim Lee's like uh, recapping all the bits of news that they had to make sure they got out. And the one thing that he did not mention was that movie. But um, right. but uh, it's exciting to see that milestone is back because, like, when. When uh, Dwayne McDuffie died, uh, after everything happened with his wife and the lawsuit, it kind—it just sucks to hear that that's the reason why we weren't getting milestones, though. You know, like, yeah. it, it, it sucks to hear that after he died, things fell apart. So I'm glad to see that the cooler heads have prevailed and we're gonna, we're back to getting not just Static Shock, but, you know, like, we're going to get this whole imprint back the, the, Dakota, the Dakotaverse right yeah exactly exactly I mean place it I hope and I hope they don't just take it and place it on another earth either it's just like integrate it back you know put it yeah. back 
put it back. Yeah, like how they just like how they did with Black Lightning when they just put Freeland in the regular world. <laughs> Arrowverse. They're like, oh yeah, by the way, uh, you live next to this neighborhood now. By the way, <laughs> I don't think they're too happy about that. But yeah, uh, I'm I'm excited to see Static. I'm excited to see Rocket and Icon. I'm excited to see them create new characters. But I'm also excited to see new creators work on these characters. Like I'm 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 not the biggest fan of old people coming onto books because you know as as much as I respect the fact that they created the characters and that their stories were great back then, I don't know if they're able to write stories within the light of twenty like like within with the viewpoint of a younger person in twenty twenty. And the younger people are the ones who are reading these books. Even though I guess Nietzsche niche collectors are out there the older people no it's time like you said it's time to pass the torch you know let let a different perspective tell the, sto- the stories that the reason the reasons why you guys got as far as you did was because your point of view was original at the time so try to extend that thing because people will go to great lengths for an original vision yogi well, they, will, <laughs> they will protest in the streets they will create hashtags oh <laughs> they will do all kinds of online campaigns and donate Subway sandwiches. Hallelujah. <laughs> I speak about all this to talk about the Snyder Cut panel, yes. which um, was kind of sort of a panel, right? It was it more was, like... It, wasn't a panel. it was the most interesting thing of the panel was that they gave the Snyder Cut, uh, I guess the founders, that yeah. good like 10, 15 minutes to kind of give the story of how they got here. And I swear, like, if they don't do a release to Snyder Cut documentary before they release Justice League on HBO Max, that's a waste of money. Like, that, yeah, right. that is a story to be told. Kids, like, I'd be- I mean, like, before we even talk about the movie, because, like, it's like, you know, people are so wrapped up in the idea that it's Justice League again, but, like, could you think about the 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 implications of what just happened? Like we so angry. People were so angry that a particular director didn't get to tell his story that they, they, they literally held protests and paid money for three straight years until the studio actually caved and redid a film. Like what, what? And the turnaround was pretty fast. This two, three years and the studio redid, like we're going to redo the entire film. That's, Never been done in the history of Hollywood. You're talking about re, not a, not like a reboot or like a re like the closest the thing, same film in a different yeah. <laughs> the, the closest thing you have is like the Richard Donner cut, and like that was like a that's not the same thing at all. Like that's like a 30 years later we yeah. stitched together some stuff that we found, and this is kind of like <laughs> what the Donner right. cut would have been. No man, we got the original director to come back and create his. Four hour version of the movie, like what? Like that is yeah. that is huge. That is crazy. Regardless of how anybody feels about Zack Snyder's superhero movies before this, and how they're gonna feel about the Snyder Cut afterwards, that particular thing is historic. I don't know that you want to set that precedent. I think that they have. Oh yeah, but that I think that was a fear initially. Uh, overall, was like, oh, once you start giving into this. It would, uh, which is like, uh, it's not a bad thing though. You know, like look at Sonic. <laughs> it works when it works. So my fear, my I guess we'll get into the introduction of the whole thing, right? Like that's the the which is pretty much what it is. It was a panel. We got to hear the Snyder Cut stuff, and then we got to see the trailer. Which the trailer itself was just. Oh a wait, wait, before we get to the trailer, I just got one tangent to go off on. 
Oh boy. I finally understand Zack Snyder. I finally get him, bro. And now that I get him, I don't I mean I don't think I've ever hated him, but I I I, I have more patience. More patience has been granted to me. Because something was revealed to me that I didn't know via a question that was asked, uh, you know, to Zack Snyder by one of the Snyder Cut people about his comic book fandom. Zack Snyder's favorite comic book character of all time, of all time, is Dr. Manhattan. Now, Watchmen, in many ways, was written to be a parody of superhero films. Of superhero comics. Uh, cape shit, as people like to affectionately call it. So I find it very odd that he would find himself attached to the parody, a kind of a parody ca- character of Superman, who was written to be detached, to be alien, to be um, kind of sterile, and kind of, uh, kind of uh, at arm's length. And if that's the one person in all of comics you that you can see yourself in the reflection of i'm i worry a little bit but i understand now but i still worry a little bit now here's the thing here's my thing like the word parody is strong because it implies that it is a joke uh, a joke almost right where the idea was that we're (laughs) placing we're gonna place superman within the quote unquote real world. Like what would superheroes be in the quote unquote real world? It was the idea behind Watchmen. And then I guess it's the idea behind everything Zack Snyder has done <laughs> in superhero comics. But like that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. I don't think he know I don't think he has an affinity for the for the fantastical stuff. Which I think is ninety eight percent of comics. Like Watchmen it stands out because it was the other. You know what like, that's like, why so, a lot of people a lot. That's why a lot of people have a problem with his movies because they feel like Zack Snyder can't possibly understand these characters if he does not understand comics and he doesn't understand why someone who's thirty years old would go back and read these books that you think are for children. And when you say that this shit is for children and you want to do it for grownups, you're insulting me. You know, right? I yeah. feel though, like, like at the same time, <laughs> that it's messed up thought process like and it is messed up like this is not uh-huh. this idea that uh all of superhero lore and everything that's come before him is for children and he's here to make it for grown-ups now you know that's insulting and i don't agree with that at all yeah but that thought process and his affinity for those characters and his and his love for taking these uh, fantastical things and putting them in the real world, like he he, I feel like he's accurately he accurately did that. It's just that that's not what people wanted to see when it came to superhero films, especially like we got a brand new Superman movie after all these years of the new universe. And this is <laughs> this depressed, uh, uh, struggling with the his own existence, Superman who does not have even a bit of hope. It is not yeah. what people wanted to see. I get that. I yeah. absolutely understand that. I've just I've never been confused as to why people don't like Man of Steel or they don't like Batman v Superman. My, I just it just so happens to be that he made that I 
<laughs> was interested in these stories. I was like, wow, that, I think that is how it would be in, if they were in real life. And I, I, I agree right, right. with that. So I, I didn't have a problem with it because it was like this weird Elseworld story to me. It's right, just that somebody else spent uh, whatever billion dollars <laughs> and they didn't get that back. <laughs> yeah, I think, like, like you said, I agree with the fact that I think the main issue with it was just it was the main universe it's that's the um, thing that's the main thing it's like now that you got this multiverse thing now you can do a movie like joker or man of steel and it would have been like wow that was so interesting and thought-provoking and now i can actually go back and watch the main superman movie and still get my hopeful stuff you know i, I know it's crazy to keep bringing the film up but it's like spider-verse like imagine if peter b parker was introduced as the universe's park <laughs> spider-man <laughs> you know, it would have been realistic, but people would have been like, uh, do we miss something? What, 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 what's going on here? Um, but by having the multiverse, you get to have different versions of Peter Parker and does have the allowance to do what you subtly, want. Subtly, very subtly, Peter B. Parker actually is the main universe Spider Man. <laughs> he is Earth Six One Six Spider Man. They put that uh, in the movie, but they did not make that. They did not rub that in your face. They never made you feel bad about it because they left it in a screen somewhere in a blank, and you had uh, to watch the movie to see <laughs> that. But that depressing Spider Man is how Peter turned out. I mean, he's going, back. he's going back. He has. He's going to go back with it. He's going to get back. He's going to get his stuff together. He had the. He had the flowers. Yes, <laughs> he got this. He's, 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 I. I. I guess I'm. I was very freaking excited to see this trailer. I thought it was interesting to see it was a flex. It was a straight up flex. Like the whole trailer was just stuff like that he teased the fans with, like that he had been teasing the Snyder Cup fans with over yeah. the last four years. Anyway, this is all stuff that leaked out anyway, like the, the Irish scene, the picture of Dark Side, or or yeah. I guess whatever his name is when he's still young. Um, Dark Side was like, looking like a little wax. You you wax. I don't know how to pronounce X. <laughs> X fucked me up. The trailer itself, the Hallelujah song. Jack Snyder loves that fucking song. It's in everything he does. <laughs> it's uh, it, um, it's not. Uh, Dark Side was looking a little rough, but um. <laughs> so Dark Side is looking rough, but I'm 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 all chucking that all up to it being later. Yes, I'm just or earlier, I, earlier, earlier. He's young, and it's not the dark side that we know yet. Right, right. right. So that I was like easily forgivable. That's that. That's the one thing people have been like memeing about. So I was like, yeah, I, I get it. You know, um, yeah. I as heavy handed as the Hallelujah song was, <laughs> I felt it. I felt it. Yeah. I watched that trailer. I felt. I felt the excitement. I felt. I felt like I'm about to get the closure. Like even if it's even if it's not the. I don't know. I feel like no, I'm look, 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 look. I totally get it because the whole thing is, I, I, I'm not as excited, but I know the importance of going back to a universe to finish it off. You understand? I don't know the part. I know, like, I love Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol is not everybody's favorite show, you know. But Doom Patrol is my favorite show, and so I could care less if somebody cares about the next episode. Once that episode starts and that music plays, I get to go back to that world. And that's a world I like to I like to visit. If you like the world Snyder created and you felt like you were unjustly cut off from the conclusion of the events that he was setting forth, then yeah, man, this is... And the thing is, hallelujah, Jesus, second coming, you know, like second chances, all of this, you know, uh, uh, is is used thematically in this trailer he, he picked like he, he he was matching like the lyrics of the hallelujah of the little clip of hallelujah to, to 
get into his mood. Yeah. He's so pretentious. Okay. <laughs> like, a, a bit, a bit, a bit. I'm yeah, glad you said it. But he could be a bit. He is, but I mean, I, I don't know. I, I like seeing somebody handle superheroes with his gravitas. I, I know, and I know it had. It, I, I also wish it wasn't him. But, but it no, is. no, no. The thing is, like, that's the thing. Like, for everything, for the for the emotional beats that you you've heard me rant about on this show a million times with Man of Steel, the fight between him and Zod is a spectacle. Whether or not it should have happened, whether or not it should have happened there. You could argue that to the cows come home, but it was a <laughs> spectacle. You know, BVS for all its, its stuff, it had beautiful shots. Uh, the introduction of Wonder Woman is fantastic, and the fight of Batman in the warehouse, really, really good stuff that informs, in my opinion, the Batman we get now. Mm-hmm. So it's like there's definitely good stuff to have there, and to sit there and um, I guess yeah, have this door slowly creak open and the light shine through. That you, we no, we can go back. We can go back to that universe one more time, and for a bit longer than usual because it's going to be a uh, four-hour one, a four-one-hour installment uh, situation. Four hours. I so that might be <laughs> that might be the most surprising part to me that that he made a four-hour movie. <laughs> like, like, yeah, at the end of the day, right? again, this goes to this is this is kind of. Uh, it goes to show how pretentious is. This man made a four-hour movie. You knew the studio was not going to put out a four-hour movie, Snyder. You knew yeah. that. You, you knew that when you made I it. I mean, BBS is what, three and a half? Three and a half. Three. They, it was three hours because the studio forced him to cut 30 minutes. Right. <laughs> and three he was like, how about the next one? I make four hours long. <laughs> you freaking maniac. No, now, now, one of the biggest concerns I have about the Snyder Cut is that Justice League was originally supposed to be a two-part film. Justice League 1 is going to give you the Snyder... It was going to give you the uh, Steppenwolf fight, but it was supposed to set up the idea that Darkseid would come later on. Yeah. So, like, can you... <laughs> How, how do you close the door now to the story? Like, are you about to leave everyone wanting more? Because I don't think another Snyder campaign is going to be enough. <laughs> like, it's not going to happen. This doesn't okay, happen. So you, this so is you know, you know what's weird? I agree with you 110%. And I was thinking about that as well. Because we had been told that um, ultimately that the part two of Justice League would have been where the nightmare sequence came from. Um, it would have been a world taken over by Darkseid, etc. Uh, so I don't know how they end it, but what's curious to me is what one of, if not the ending shot of the film is the same ending shot from before. There's just a ship now. So I don't know if that's the ending of the film still. I don't think it of is all, of them all standing there in the in the sunlight or whatever. Yeah, so that I, was the ending of the actual film. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. Uh, it was. I don't think it's the ending of the film. I think uh, it's twice two extra hours. <laughs> Jesus, you know, like I can see like the Superman coming back and fighting the Seven Wolf thing. I, I honestly don't know what else. Like, okay, so the trailer didn't give me any. Thing else, you know, I can still see that it's mostly the, you know, we're going to be hitting the same story beats. But the thing that tells me it's going to be a different movie is that it's two extra hours. Like, what are we going to? What is this about? Oh, yeah. Then all the, all the Flash stuff, I guess. Flash wow. and Cyborg. Two. Cyborg got a lot of stuff cut out, bro. Remember you told all that football stuff. Yeah. The accident. Yeah. You know, like 
it's probably all Miles Dyson dies again. I don't know what's going on in this, in this whole situation. I'm very confused, but it's happening. Um, uh, the nightmare stuff. Uh, I, 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 uh, lots of Easter eggs in that nightmare scene. Joker card, Trident, Thomas Wayne. Oh yes, yes, yep. Uh, yep. He, I, if anything, it's gonna be a spectacle. It's gonna be beautiful. It's yeah. it's gonna be beautiful. I don't. And know I about, think they already asked him how he felt about a sequel. He's like, I don't think they're gonna. He said, call me I don't that. even think Warner Brothers is gonna ask yeah. me any more films. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, I don't think they're gonna call me for that. Like, we barely got this off the ground. Like, <laughs> I don't think they're gonna ever call me again. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, do you see? What, like, you know, they hand me. They hand me. Uh, throw my phone away after. <laughs> After the Snyder Cut, they made me throw my phone away. <laughs> um, in all seriousness, another concern I have is about uh, how people are going to feel. I seen, I'm noticing a lot, a lot of positive buzz around the Snyder Cut, but I'm like, guy, a lot of you people, <laughs> a lot of you people, you people out there, did not like Batman v Superman, and you didn't like Man of Steel. This is going to be the same tone. So like, here's the thing. So this, this is. It. This is me. I'm the I'm the I'm the the you know the fly in the ointment because I had this conversation with Dan the comic man. He was gushing about the trailer and I said it it's a very beautiful trailer. But BVS had very beautiful trailers and so did Man of Steel. I'm not saying that this movie is going to be like that like 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 that. But it is. But it but is. It, it is. How like, could it how could it not be it's from the same person who did it? Um Another thing is like this is what the Snyder Cut people thought because that's what they wanted. They wanted this, so he's gonna double down on that shit. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. did you see Victor's father get turned into dust? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, he's about to give you the deepest, most uh, mythical gods tragedy. <laughs> I, I think just do. having, I just think having the real Superman's face is gonna do wonders for this film. Oh, God, of course. Because I guess the whole idea was that he would come back kind of like happier anyway. It's just that, it's just that Whedon was like, <laughs> smile harder. Yeah, but that, damn, but that, but that fucking, but that plus the CGI? Oh my yeah. God. Smile harder. Oh, that's <laughs> terrible. Sandy. Anyway, terrible. I've seen the trailer like 80 times. Man. I keep on going back to it. I go back to the Justice League 1 trailer, like the very first one, yeah. before yeah. they hired Whedon. <laughs> like, because yeah. now that's a movie that I'm going to see now. Great. It's it's a feeling that I can't explain if you weren't already a fan of this stuff. Like I I there's a sadness that came with rewatching Batman v Superman. Like there was a legit entire sadness where the movie ends and in my eyes I'm like I'm never gonna get like it doesn't go past oh, yeah. It doesn't yeah. go past this for me because Justice League just doesn't count. I could not yeah. put that I couldn't my mind could not connect that nasty film. <laughs> To the other two. So, what would you have done if there was if they had decidedly never come out with the Snyder Cut? It just was never. It's just I would have continued to live in the state that I was before. I would be. It's be. It would be sad to watch those movies. I really like those movies, and every time I think about them or I refer to them, I'll always have to be like, "Yeah, but they, they never ended." So they. The they, one shot that, that I saw from the trailer that impressed me was the shot of seemingly Barry in the Speed Force. In the Speed Force. Yeah, that was looking nuts. It looked really, really cool. That looked really, really cool. Like we're going to do the... Uh, it looks like we're going to be doing the time travel thing. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if... I wouldn't be surprised if... Um, like, Ezra was more punched up with Josh. Like, more, you know, like... Kind of. Uh, 
with Whedon because he likes to do a lot more of that comedy stuff. Um, I hope that we get more of a grounded Flash. I think Ezra that just wants to talk about brunch. I think Ezra was always supposed to kind of be like quirky. a little quirky and a little comedic relief because there was always, even in the original trailer, and even when all those reporters went to, I think, I don't know if you remember, but there was like a thing where reporters went to yeah. London. And they were on the set of Justice League while they were filming it, and they described the scene that they saw. And it ended up being Bruce and Barry in the kit in the uh, Barry's house, where he sits on his yes. chair, and the yes. favorite chair thing. All those were still Snyder lines, you know. Like, yeah. So, um, so I always, I think, I think Barry was always supposed to be kind of quirky. It's just that the whole movie wasn't supposed to be quirky. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, that's what's happening. Because then, if the whole movie's quirky, then he has nothing. He's not yeah. the quirkiest thing about Who's it. Who's he bouncing off of? Yeah. Oh, your boy Desaad showed up, bro. Desaad looking like uh, looking like uh, the Grim Reaper. So this is your official chance to apologize to Grace Randolph. Oh, you fucking nasty bitch! That <laughs> <Got> one. <laughs> Good job. Good Good job. Okay. Well, broken clock. Broken clocks, Bree. Broken clock. <laughs> Um, did I'm gonna go over this really quickly? I'm gonna assume that you have you caught up with the Flash. I uh, the last I saw Iris was in the Mirrorverse. Yes, and there was like a weird version of her out here. Uh, that's what's going on. That's about it, though, right? Because nothing got ended. It was like all the coronavirus ruined all the television. So right. So supposedly they filmed eighty five percent of the the finale of that season, but could not finish it because. A production was stopped, so that finale is now going to be the season premiere of the next season. Oh boy! Uh, because of that, Ralph will still be in it. And I heard after that, the character of Ralph Dibney is in one other episode, but will be impersonating someone else. Huh. Like, and so, and so, they get to look uh, at the camera and wink and go, "It's me, guys! It's me, Ralph!" <laughs> and, and then you don't ever have to have Hartley Sawyer there. That was a that was a bit of an overreaction, but it is what it is. Guys, go. It, it, it was, and and the re, and the um the the patch up work is going to be hilarious. I can't. It's going to be hard to work around that because now you got the Susan Dearborn character you, here. You did too no much reason. work for that. Too much work for, for all that for nothing. For, for nothing. You built to that forever. <laughs> Ridiculous! Killed it, killed it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I've kept this but they'll whole... be back. They'll be back. They'll be back. They, they gave they'll a trailer for season seven, and which was basically, I would assume, all footage from the that episode. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. wasn't compared to everything else they had done at Vandom. It wasn't like the. <laughs> it wasn't the most interesting panel. I'll tell when you I saw that they did a trailer at all, I was like, "Why?" Like no one's asking for it. Just Take to justify time. the thirty minutes they gave them. Oh my god! <laughs> like I like like I the Flash season one again. I feel like it's one of the greatest superhero seasons of television ever. Um, and then since then, it's just kind of been a stumble and a fall. It's hard um, to it's hard to keep going up when you started at the top. Yeah, and now they're in season seven. Um, hey, people keep watching. Arrow, Arrow ended at eight. And I don't see the Flash ending anytime soon, unless really? uh, yeah. See, the cast doesn't seem to want to be done with it, and it's like they know that they don't have anywhere else to go after this. I mean, homeboy, homeboy, uh, Grant Gustin ain't waiting for the Glee, uh, the Glee reunion. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So 
I don't think he's ready to leave. And it's like Candace Patton. Where are these people going after this? I don't think they're ready to leave. Uh, <laughs> the Flash still gets a million freaking viewers every week. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know what they're there for. I honestly, I honestly <laughs> don't know what they're watching. It's all but, for uh, what's her face, uh, Caitlyn Snow. That's it. It's all for Cecile. <laughs> <laughs> no, she was on a panel. Wasn't she on the Flash panel? She was, she was panel on time. the panel for a second. Iris was on there. They didn't really say anything important. They just kind of talked no. about how coronavirus ruined the Flash. <laughs> and, Grant, and Grant just loves to grow his struggle beard. He's like, yeah, this shows me that I'm not at work because I don't have yeah, to sleep. <laughs> that man loves to grow a, a struggle beard. Um, let's talk about Black Adam news. Boom. The, the rock. rock. The we, rock. We were, we were we were we were put on a roller coaster <laughs> through the, the, the ruins of Egypt and shown Dwayne Johnson at the end of the tunnel. And uh he <laughs> he hosted his own panel. There were no directors, <laughs> there were no other cast members. He he later throws to a cast member, but he's just talking. And it's Jim Lee artwork, uh Jim Lee and Boss Logic artwork depicting the origin story of, of um, Black Adam where it's supposed to the film's supposed to take place both all the way in the past in Black Adam's time and in the I don't know about present but obviously closer future where he's supposed to um, meet some JSA members Hawkman, Dr. Fate Cyclone and Adam Smasher uh, or JLA members sorry the 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 whole panel screamed of the rock just wanting to do this the rock is forcing this thing to happen through sheer will this black adam movie will happen this movie's not real uh yogi i'm telling you i'm telling you this because i know from the inside this is a fake film people are waiting for rock to forget that he booked this he came out up. dressed in his Ju- Ju- jumanji outfit to introduce a film uh, Um, to to introduce a trailer made of concept art that he had commissioned himself and most likely paid for out of his own pocket (laughs) in a CGI room in his house concept concept art of dare I say not even plot but also concepts of just concepts (laughs) concept art of concepts hey what would a Hawkman look like? Hey, what if Dr. Fate was standing next to him? Hey, can we use Cyclone? But yeah, yeah, it's hard to give a, it's hard to gouge how much I'm going to enjoy the movie. The Rock said that he cut all these promos like he was in a wrestling show. He thought he was going to call out Superman and Shazam and they were going to come out and the music was going to hit and it was going to be a match for the title. But no, no movies don't work that way, Rocky. So but that, that's one of my favorite running things is that The Rock is incredibly um, popular as an actor, but he still feels the need to defend Black Adam at every turn. So you'll constantly see him be like, well, you know, Black Adam is actually stronger than Superman. You know, <laughs> he's actually, uh, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, Black Adam is actually one of the strongest in the in DC. And no one's everyone's like, oh, all right, Rock. All right. OK. Rock. Because, again, he's been saying this. For like four years. He's been saying this for a long time. He's been saying this since at least before Shazam. No, way before Shazam. They cast Black Adam b- before they started production on the Shazam movie. 
That's what I'm saying. Yeah, before the director, any of that stuff was even named, they knew that the homeboy was going to be. The Rock. The Rock is an executive producer on Shazam. The Rock made Shazam happen so that he can have have his movie. Oh, so he can have his movie. So, (laughs) So, like, this can't be it, right? This can't, it can't be some weird Black Adam anachronistic film. Fighting with and alongside or against the Hawkman. So I think they have an interesting uh thing. I think two of these films that are gonna come out soon have the chance to go political without going preachy. And I think that Black Adam has the ability to go political without going preachy because Black Adam was a slave. And I think ultimately the story that they're trying to tell is that with the power of his masters he would enslave as well out of revenge. And I think what you're supposed to be told is that you don't, you shouldn't want revenge. They already forced their hand. They already showed their hand on the cop out. They kind of showed a clip. So there. Yes, they did. They did. <laughs> um, but how do you get that? All, how do you get from there all the way? Like when they re when they re take him out of his tomb, I'm not acting like he's a mummy now. When they when they when they reawaken him or whatever the hell they do to get him back to the present day, is the diamond with him? You know, like there's a lot of like does that follow yeah, with him? Does I'm that make sure him that'll be, be the villain? It'll be something like that. It'll be something like that. He'll be the villain of his own movie, and then he'll come back to his senses, and he'll be with the JSA. I feel like it's the other way around. I feel like he's gonna be with the JSA and then he's gonna go too far. And I don't know. Have it, to... seemed like, it seemed like he was gonna he was gonna be imprisoned by the Wizard Shazam and then come out with the same mindset five thousand years later and then they kind of get to bring his ass back down. Yeah, he's yeah. Like, so I I think I think I think you're hundred percent right, but I think there's a it's a triple turn. It just happens I again. Think he learns the lesson. He learns to be better, but then something happens that he can't forgive. Something happens that he can't whatever, and he realizes that he's dealing with a bunch of chumps because he kind of is, especially you, Cyclone. And uh, I, I, I'm just saying that because we, we gotta gear him up for Shazam, right? Isn't this yeah, all for that? That's pretty much what this should be, right? This movie, and then Shazam. Uh, they did kind of uh confirm the name of Shazam 2 yes. would be Wrath of the Gods Fury Fury of the Gods so yeah. that sounds a little black adamish right <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't would, would another universe though the the black adam in that universe of Shazam Fury of the Gods is being played by Sinbad <laughs> so, <laughs> so so we just got to that's you got to deal with it bro that's, That's funny. Like, I don't, no, I don't do make you, the decision. They cast him as like a genie. No, they're playing around with him being possibly being in the sequel. They should cast him as a genie. They should totally <laughs> cast him as a genie. Make it happen. But yeah, um, uh, I'm, I'm down. Shazam two, get the rock to fight Black Adam already. Let's do it. Just get this man his peace. And until I start seeing some actual footage, until I start seeing a director, etc., I still think this is a fake movie. I still think that this is dangling on the line and whatever. Literally, if all the stuff that comes out from Black Adam is because of The Rock, then we we, will know. Um, Very, 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 very vague news about Aquaman. 
Literally, the only thing that is known is that it will be more serious and relevant. It will be more relevant than the oh, original boy. film. I what does that mean? Use that freaking word. Because that means that I've been seeing things that have been going on in the news, and I feel like I should tell a story that talks to everyone. Like, isn't the great isn't the great barrier reef like destroyed or some shit? Maybe they, maybe that's what they're talking about. Hopefully that'll be it. You know, we're fixing the reef. Aquaman has to, <laughs> Aquaman has to piss on the barrier on the barrier reefs. Aquaman so, two reefer madness. Like a <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that, that's what it's for there. Um, but Wilson has uh, confirmed he will return Patrick Wilson as uh, Ocean Master. So that's yeah, he can just have his uh, Loki scene in the cage. Yeah. Um, Titans are going out, going completely out of control. Uh, executive producer Greg Walker gave us some news. Like season three will be in Gotham. Um, as you remember, Curran Walters, aka Jason Todd, left things between him and the Titans up in the air at the end of season two. But he's set to return in season three as the villainous Red Hood. Uh, nice. He he has been described using the old saying. The child who is not embraced by the village will burn it down to feel its warmth and is said to have kind of an obsession slash hard on for the Titans once they get to Gotham. Also meeting our Titans in Gotham are Barbara Gordon, who will work alongside Dick Grayson in a similar way that her father works with Batman, although she will be standoffish with the Titans. And last but not least, the sadistic psychologist Jonathan Crane, a.k.a. Scarecrow, is set to make an appearance. Well, when all fails, lean on Batman. Might as well. I mean, honestly, it was leaning, it was headed there. Uh, this entire Titans series has been leaning on Batman, so it's like I saw it coming. Uh, the Red Hood thing—they foreshadowed the hell out of that. What Jason, do you think about the Red Hood story being red, not retcon, but in this version, not being a cause like because of death? It's just an attitude change. You jumped the gun. Thanks. Oh, you think he's dying? Uh, no, 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 not you, them. Oh, I was like, I was like, oh my god, is he dying? No, no, no man. Because how, how fast does he have to die and come back? To that was quite no, but that was quite a villainous. You jumped the gun. I, I like that. You jumped, fool. <laughs> <laughs> I just, Wait. man, I don't see. I, I, I don't see that. Uh, I don't see it working. He's a really small kid, you know. He's a little cute kid. He looks like a little Ruby Rose. You know, I gotta get that guy is yeah. gonna be Red Hood. I think you're the second person that called him Ruby Rose. <laughs> <laughs> oh poor guy. No, I I totally get what you're saying. Like the, the reason why he works as Robin now is because he's an adolescent. He looks young, uh, uh, like not an adult. And if he's an adult, an extremely young adult. Uh, Red Hood. Red Hood is supposed to be a foil for Batman. You think if if by making him a foil for Nightwing, maybe the size difference isn't. Huge. I guess I don't know. That's not an ex- that's not excusable. Well, I'm trying here, bro. I'm trying here, bro. All right, all right. I'm doing my best. Yeah, but guess what? As much as I love Red Hood, I'm getting all Red Hood in the next two years, and no Damien. So what's going on here? Ugh. Something's up. Something's up. I can't have my cake and eat it too. Apparently, I could only get one Robin at a time that I I mess with. So it is what it is. Um. Let's talk about Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. This could be done very quickly. Uh, it's a one uh, four-player co-op starring Harley Quinn, Captain Boomerang, Deadshot, um, and King Shark. It King does Shark. take place. 
in the Arkhamverse. Yeah, King Shark is back. See, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. My boy King Shark. Uh, rumor has it King Shark in the game is voiced by Samoa Joe. And it is. And it is. That's true. Yes, it is. Samoa it is Joe getting in there. I wonder what how that happened. Like, what connection? I, I, I figured he just auditioned. You know, oh, well, that's good. That's good. audition. I got the part. It was it's like yeah. a strange thing. <laughs> I doubt they came looking for Samoa Joe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not like they, oh, you know, who we should get that that Polynesian guy from. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, in this game, you are four members of the Suicide Squad, and you are tasked with taking down the Justice League, who seems to be have um be brainwashed by Brainiac. Um, you can switch players in this open world game and each has their own array of different weapons. No gameplay was shown, but we got a pretty cool trailer and the game's supposed to come out in 2022. That trailer was looking clean, way too clean. It looks like they spent a lot of money on just that trailer. <laughs> and with the game being two years away, how much of that game is done? I don't know. Yeah. Right, how much of that, how much of what they told us is still going to be true? It's 2022. I have a question that I think I know the answer to. Um, no one, almost absolutely no one, balked at the character designs in either this or um, the Gotham Knights. Is that because the Suicide Squad film versions aren't that popular as the Avengers film versions? Yeah, 100%. People are not yeah. attached to the Suicide Squad the way they're attached to the <laughs> Avengers. Right. Cause I was like, cause I was like, that doesn't look like the Harley Quinn from Ding, and that's definitely not Will Smith, you know. But they're they're supposed to be from the Arkhamverse, but they're not shot like one for one replacements. So I don't know, I don't know how that works. Uh, but yeah, I I can't wait, I can't wait for that game, especially since Marvel's keeping Spider Man from me. But that's a, neither here nor there. Um, let's get into the main event of the evening, ladies and gentlemen. The thing I think stole the show, which is the Batman trailer. Now, there was a panel, but I felt like it was a panel where Matt Reeves couldn't really talk that much about what he was said, going on. He said some cool stuff. I mean, he finally did reveal that it is, uh, it's pretty, like, he pretty much confirmed everything the rumors have been saying, except for, like, they changed the fact that the movie's not going to be in the 90s. Right. Uh, it, it, it's still a movie that takes place in Batman's second year. In, of existence, yep. uh, the Rogues Gallery is going to be the suspects, yep. and the Riddler being the main suspect. But the that kind of implies that maybe it's not the Riddler. So this should be fun. Like I honestly, like most people, came into this worried, not because of Robert Pattinson and his Twilight past. Obviously, it's been a long time, and I can't imagine he's the same actor since then if he's been working. But uh, it's it just more like, oh boy, we're doing another Batman movie, and it, it's not. It's a, it's a whole new vision again. But uh, yeah. the trailer kind of was fun. The trailer was great. I thought the trailer was great. I thought they. I thought it felt like Batman. It felt very Batman. Like that's very detective. I was like, I'm down. It's uh, it's gonna be a detective yeah. film. They they that's another thing Matt Reeves said. Like he wants to put focus on the detective part of Batman. I'm like, okay. They the trailer the trailer felt like a trailer for a thriller, like a like a detective thriller, crime like, thriller, like a crime yeah. thriller. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which is yeah. great. This is great. I thought Pattinson looked good as Bruce. I thought he looked brooding. It looked dark as dark as it needed to be. Uh, it, it, it was it was. And this, this is only twenty five percent of the film. Has been yeah, it's only, this is like the first scene, probably. Yeah, 
So I have a breakdown of this trailer. I'll do, we'll do a trailer recap. Um, and, you know, like I said, I think it stole the show. But um, some of the things I'm inferring, some of the things are straight up there. Uh, follow along and let me know what you think. So we hear a cover of Nirvana something in the way as we see a murder committed by uh, Paul Dano, possibly by Paul Dano's Riddler. We don't know. I think that's Riddler. Could be Riddler. I think. Uh, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think. I think because uh, people were pretty much posting it like it was confirmed. Yeah, and so he duct tapes a man's entire face, causing suffocation before writing "No more lies" on the tape itself. In the aftermath, we see James Gordon and the GCPD uh, checking out the crime scene uh, before asking Batman to weigh in on the case. What are your thoughts on the Sue Gordon Batman working alongside the GCPD? What do you think the about suit, that whole scene? The suit looks fine in motion. Uh, I thought uh, I thought uh, everybody actually looked great. <laughs> like, uh, the Jeffrey guy, Wright brings a gravitas with him, doesn't he? He does. He does. I freaking I love his Gordon like immediately. In love. I, I did not know what to expect, but it looked perfect. It sounded perfect. It felt perfect. I was down. Yeah. I, yeah. I I love it. Uh, yeah. the, the suit, uh, like I said, looks a lot better in motion than it did in pictures. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the Batmobile was looking fine. The Batcave looking great. Uh, yeah, the, <laughs> the studio has wear and tear. He spoke about how, uh, you know, Matt Reeves spoke about how it's a work in progress. It has a zipper. And- I I didn't know I didn't notice it had a zipper. No, I, no, that was one of the things he. Uh, <laughs> that was one of the things Matt Reeves said in the panel. It was like uh, he they asked Christian Bale and uh, Affleck like, "What do you need? What 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 would you absolutely need in a bat suit?" They were like, hey, "You want to be able to pee in it." <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So yeah, uh, Patterson has his zipper. Um, I like 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 the cool shots of just the boots walking in. Um. I don't while while he's working alongside Gordon and the GCPD, I don't think that they're in full trust of him yet. I still think that he is the freak being brought in by somebody on the inside, and so both of them are are pretty suspect in this moment. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it being year two that they shouldn't have full trust of him. Yeah, everybody's yeah. getting their stuff together. You know, you got the penguin who's not the penguin. You got the Catwoman who's just a lady in a, with a with a hat over her head. Yeah, <laughs> they hate. They hate trying to. They hate giving her up with universe, universe reasons to have ears. Just give her the freaking ears. Yeah, she's a weeb. She watches anime, I guess. <laughs> That's it. I mean, they, everyone has those headphones with the ears on them now. Like, just give her one of those. Um, there are newspapers celebrating Mayor Don Mitchell Jr. with lies written on blood all all over it. Uh, Gordon reads a clue left behind from your secret friend. Who haven't got a clue? Let's play a game, just me and you. Um, a British voiceover, Alfred, question mark, which we didn't see yet, Andy Circus says, you've become quite a celebrity. As Bruce seems to pull his back cave, I mean, pull his motorcycle into the back cave. The cave just seems to be a bunch of computers set up in the foyer of the mansion. Like there's a big open space and staircase. Is it Wayne Mansion? It looks kind of abandoned. I'm not sure. Um, Catwoman Zoe Kravis is also seen wearing a ski mask and possibly robbing the same mansion that Batman was in. Does she think it's abandoned? Is it abandoned? <laughs> I don't know. 
I don't think it's Matt's got a lot of questions. I think he's downstairs. Um. Well, when he when she was upstairs, it was police tape. Oh, okay. So now I don't think yeah. it's house. So like, I don't know if they're in somebody else's house or what's going on there. But um, yes, there is a funeral, a mob funeral, to be certain. Uh, and a car comes smashing through the church with DOA written all over it and spray paint and almost hits a child. But Bruce pushes him out of the way. A man with a bomb strapped to him has an envelope with the Batman written on it. We get quick shots of Gotham Sanitation Depot, Penguin, Colin Farrell. We see what uh, what looks like the Batman in an interrogation room with at least a dozen GCPD officers. And there's a pull-apart between him and another officer with Gordon restraining Batman. And that speaks to the tension that I feel uh, is going on in this film as far as like trust and stuff is concerned. Um, I felt like I had the rest of the... Give me a second. This is pretty much. Uh, I I put the rest of this somewhere. We're just missing the. Uh, he takes off the cow. Well, we didn't get. We didn't get, get him, him, him breaking that guy's face. Oh yeah. Oh, I got it. Right. Here we yeah. go. So, yes, yes. <laughs> so you you hear the words? Um, if you're justice, please don't lie. What is the price for your blind eye? We also see a gang of face painted goons who try to assault Batman. Bunch of Darby Allens. Yeah, but he beats the hell out of the first guy, and they all stand in terror before he introduces himself as vengeance. Shot of the Batmobile revving up. Shot of Batman being shot and using his grapple gun to go up a staircase. Shot of Penguin being pursued by Batman and Batman rising from the ground in front of the gang. Title card and a voiceover saying, you are a part of this. With Bruce asking how and the voice saying, you'll see. Um, So... Uh, I have this other notes, and that was exactly what you were saying, is that you can see several smartphones in this trailer confirming that it's not in the 90s. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah we're, we're in the modern times. This is a, a brand new Batman in his own Earth. So are are you willing for the final time tonight to put on your tinfoil hat with me oh, and, yeah. go on, and go on a, uh, uh, a, a journey? This is, this is the plot that I've pulled... From a quarter of a quarter of a quarter of the film, that is probably no way in representation of what's going to happen in the film as a whole. <laughs> but if I had to guess, if I'm playing with the with the with the things on the board, um, Matt Reeves cites the Batman comic, The Long Halloween, as an influence on the film, with the detective story and the extensive use of Batman's rogues gallery. So I think this is a film about Riddler being tired of. Witnessing the GCPD, the gangs, the Penguin, Maroney, the Falcone crime family, all dividing up Gotham. Um, I think it's going to be like, you know how like Joker was doing like this whole like eat the rich kind of like commentary or whatever. Like, I think that this is going to be something like that. Somehow Riddler was slighted. Somehow, you know, like he was failed by something that he trusted, whether it was the cops or the mayor, right? Because he just killed the fucking mayor. So somebody s- screwed him. Maybe, and I mean, it, it's cliche, but maybe someone killed his wife and they go they go free. Something as simple as that. Or even though that's not simple at all, but you get what I'm saying. Um, and all of a sudden now he goes on a one-man crime spree against everyone. Hero, villain, it doesn't matter because everyone's a liar. They're all liars. If I can't trust the cops and the, and the mayor, who the hell can I trust anybody else? Um, and then once 
he starts killing people. People start looking for rats in the GCPD. So the entire place becomes a hotspot for suspicion. Um, James Gordon is suspicious because he's hanging out with a vigilante. Um, another thing that I saw that was interesting is that he's listed on IMDb as James Gordon. Um, and there's somebody listed as Commissioner Pete Savage, meaning that Gordon still probably has a boss. Um, and, you know, there's probably is still a commissioner. Then I got the wild hair um, after partaking in some of the devil's lettuce of rewatching Batman year one. And in Batman year one, if you can recall, the commissioner is very much in on with the crime family. Yep. And he is doing what he can to detract Gordon from, 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 from doing anything. I wonder if any of that's here. And if it is, what a poignant story you can tell about a honest man in a corrupt police precinct turning it around. You have an opportunity to be poignant and be relevant, but also talk about the oldest, one of the oldest superheroes known to man. Um, and I think you can cover so many different grounds. Like, I also think it'll be interesting to find out how the gangs came up in Gotham because you saw how quick that kid was really, really willing to quit his gang when he saw his boy get beat up. Um, so, like, what happened in this interim time since Bruce has been gone that all of this has fallen to the way it has? I'm, I'm guessing Riddler becomes a one man tired of it all. Uh, but that is my random ass guess, especially considering that John Turturro was casted as Carmen Carmine Falcone. Fal- Carmine Falcone. Yep. You know what it is? I sometimes do Falcone and Maroni, and then Marone and Falcone. <laughs> I can, I can, it happens because they both sound like these typical uh, '80s gangster, you know, Italian right. names. Falcone, you know, the yeah, Maronis. Right. You know, so it happens. I think it could be either way. <laughs> you know, it depends on who's so, writing. So, like Sal, so Sal, I mean, um, Carmine is in the film. John yeah. Turturro is in the film, and what gave me a little bit of goosebumps is. Uh, one of the scenes, if only, I think probably maybe even the only scene that has the commissioner, the evil commissioner and um, Falcone together is the scene of Batman coming in with the whole, you have eaten well? Yes. And I'm like, if they do that, <laughs> eaten well. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Like, you do that, you do, like, and I, I would love just a little bit of Jeffrey Wright still trying to get in on in this if gcpd is as corrupt as it is i would really like to see like i was you know re-watching year one i forgot how passive aggressive they were towards him how like you want to be part of the team don't you jim don't you yeah you you got a kid you got to worry about you got a wife and all that stuff and i was like oh my god they're really like threatening threatening this man if he doesn't choose to be corrupt and i thought that was that was crazy. So put that in the film, man. For sure. Get it in there. Get it in there. I would love to see uh, Jeffrey Wright's Gordon get a bit of a spotlight like that, especially with how many people were angry about it. <laughs> I'd love to see yeah. him get a little more focal point now. But um, pr- pretty much, I, I I can't even predict what this is gonna be. What this is gonna be about because I. If if you want to if you really want to do the long Halloween thing, you set the whole thing up to look like Riddler, and then you know really it's it's the Gilda, whoever that is, yeah, whoever that'll be in the film, you know, yeah, get that that one final twist. 
I am. Yeah, every- well, I was going to say, I was just glad to see Riddler is also like going to be a main character because he never gets any shine. Yes, and I think making him this Zodiac-esque serial killer is definitely going to rise his uh, status in the mythos in general because, man, have they been playing around with that character. It's like someone figured out, like, oh, he's kind of sort of like Joker, but he's more neurotic. And then since then, he's kind of been written off as a joke. Um, And so now I like threatening villains. I like villains I should be scared of. And the Riddler looks like somebody I should be scared of. Another thing is that you remember that guy who comes in with the bomb on his chest? He has like the envelope and he comes in with a bomb on his chest. Yeah. Uh, That bomb goes off. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I didn't realize that. So there's an explosion, and when I paused it, it's this it's Batman now walking up to a person. I thought it was Batman maybe walking up to the car and the car, you know, trunk. Nope. It's way away from the car. It's two people. I'm assuming I'm assuming that car comes in, that guy comes out with the note that says to Batman. Patterson walks around the corner, changes, <laughs> walks back in, tries to disarm the bomb and gets blown up. And if we're we're if we're Seeing a Batman taking that kind of damage, this might be a very interesting film. Oh, like a Batman who's getting blown up. You know? He's like, got that armor on. This should be all right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but this was a hell of a freaking fandom. I hope they do this next year. Um, I I loved it. It was like a, 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 a smorgasbord of great DC content. Did you have any issues with the idea? A lot of people's biggest criticism was a lack of Superman presence. I, 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 I can never say that there's a lack of a Superman presence because there's always a Superman presence. I mean, even I mean, he he doesn't get any announcements at DC Fandom, and then the very next day, a Superman animated film comes out. So yeah, that's true. It's still like he'll he'll be back. You know, <laughs> like he Cap- had three. He had three. No, this year, Reign of Cap- the Superman, Red uh-huh. Sun. Cavill got um, his job back, didn't he? Yeah, I believe so. <laughs> he looks like he has a job back. If not, he'll so, be back on Witcher. So, so, so he'll be back. Like, the, the, so like, there's more stuff to be announced with Cavill soon. Let, let Batman have the three freaking Batman. You know? oh, yeah. Here's the last thing I'll say about the Batman. Rumor has it that someone who's going to be introduced into the franchise later, like I said, is Joker. How do you feel about that? Do you think they should hold off? Do you think he should be introduced earlier? Do you okay. think? No, like, I don't yeah. think we need to do this yet. Man. If we're gonna build up, build up to it. Man. Just like do it at the end. You know why? You know why I think they feel like they're handcuffed because it happens in year one. You don't have to do that, man. This is they not go. The oh, you, how many times do you change? How many times do you change continuity to fit whatever your little mind, whatever you think, like? There's no reason in the world why all of a sudden they should be like, well, we have to do Joker. Joker is in no way crucial to Batman's year one. They don't even meet yeah. until the end of the year. You, yeah, you know, like, he's yeah. in year two. So if that's what the complaint, if the complaint is there, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, you did that already. That was last year. You missed it. Yeah. Um, no people are saying Johnny Depp for the Joker. No. No, God, enough with these weird-ass actor people. Like, I get it. The Joker's strange. Yeah, you don't got to cast the weirdest freaking freak you can find, you know? Cast a yeah, good I actor. I don't think Cesar Romero was a was a method actor. <laughs> no, you know, like, just... You wouldn't just even shave his mustache. <laughs> I don't even want to recognize him, honestly. Don't even make it a recognizable person. 
Yeah. Yeah, like no one, Colin. No one's asking Colin Farrell what he's doing to get underneath the skin of the penguin. But he's I obviously mean, honestly, doing nobody something. was nobody was asking Colin Farrell to do anything before this. There's that. <laughs> and even though we're not asked to, we provide episodes of this podcast free of charge every single week for you guys. It was a hell of a job covering this fandom here tonight. But it was um, fun. Next. Next week is still on the docket because um, it's either New Mutants or which was worse. How so? I, so my question: How <laughs> how exactly do you plan on seeing New Mutants? Are you gonna listen? Uh, I, <laughs> I, I just I'm gonna go the Jack Sparrow way. If if push <laughs> comes to shove, I was gonna go the Jack Sparrow way. But then ultimately, you know what? I'm gonna leave it up to you guys. When this episode comes out, uh, I'm gonna put on a story for our instagram whether or not you want us to cover the movies because ultimately even if we find a copy if you guys are not watching it what's the point of covering it that's a, yeah absolutely that's like it's so even if you do watch it like do you not have to suggest to our fan base that right, they should right, right. illegally get this movie right, right. <laughs> I, I, I can't do that i can't do that be, no, there's no eclipse no diamond by me now so i have to stay on the street and narrow I say, um, let the Blu-ray come out. <laughs> well, Dan, I hope you're listening because it'll say we're going for which was worse next week. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> but that would be fantastic. Uh, but you can li- you can hear every single episode of the Major Issues Podcast wherever podcasts are found. But the one stop is comicbookclick.com. That's where you can get articles right from all the members of the click. Every single episode of the Major Issues Podcast has over 140 hours of content uh, available free of charge there. Like I said, articles. And we also have merchandise, which includes shirts, hats, uh, mouse pads, laptop cases, phone cases, all stuff designed by the guys at Comic Book Click. So go ahead and get yourself some of that. Go get a picture Um, of me on your boxers. Exactly. There's a new I am the I am Vengeance uh, Batman T-shirt. Go ahead, oh, grab yes. that. Grab, grab that. that. That's before, before they take it down. <laughs> yes, before WB <laughs> find out about it, take it back. <laughs> support before they take it down. Um, but yeah, our merchandise uh, is there. We got Doom Patrol style Spider Man Justice League. It's 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 all great. It's all gravy. And um, if if you're already on comicbookclick.com and you already have a podcast app. You don't have to download nothing different to listen to the Major Issues Podcast. Search for us on your podcast app. You can search for us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, Podbean Podcast Attic, TuneFind, iHeart, Spotify, YouTube. Uh, I'm just naming things now. We are everywhere. The multiverse. The podcast multiverse. Every single one. Every single one. We're we're on out on everything. And that's why I always say the easiest way to find us, especially this podcast, is to type major issues podcast in any search engine and we'll be the first ones to pop up because we always talk we're always talking about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. I need to get one of those thinking caps. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, yeah. definitely visit comicbookclick.com. I mean, that's, yeah. that's like the best place for you to go. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, it's, everything, everything's right there. Everything. All of it's right there. Um, what I like the most about the the website is that you're able to comment on any episode. 
So if you're listening to an episode and you just feel the type of way, you could just comment. We'll get the email right away and we will either respond to the email there or we can read it right here on air. Uh, and you guys can enjoy engaging in the conversation. With all that we do free of charge for you, we only ask for one thing in, in return, and that's for you to rate and review us on iTunes because it's the quickest way for us to grow as podcasters and find out what you like and what you don't like about what we do here as part of Comic Book Click and the Major Issues podcast. But um, pretend stars four through one don't work. Just hit that five, um, and it'll be the quickest way for people to find us and be recommended to listen to our podcast, which will grow our numbers. And considering that I've been to the future, and I... Oh, I got to figure out if it was the right earth, but I think as I've been to the future and we do become the latest and greatest thing to come to comic books and comic book media, I say jump on the bandwagon before it becomes too full. But I think that might be all for me. Uh, and this, but this is one hell of a cast. My name is George Serrano, AKA the Don. This is John Scudero, AKA Yogi. And remember whether you were a director who was fired halfway through a job a sparkly vampire ready to defend the city, half woman, half cheetah, or you smell what Black Adam is cooking. Remember, we are the click. Remember, I am vengeance. And remember, you, yes, you are worthy. <laughs>